Welcome to Chronic Curiosity. Thanks you for joining us today. Uh, we have all the things that are chronically curious on the website, chronic-curiosity.com. Check it out. All the links are there to watch and listen to the show. There is also a new store up, which has some t-shirts in it. You can get you one of these bad boys, the Schrodinger's Curiosity. Uh, if you're not seeing this, make sure you go on the website, check it out. Um, these shirts are super comfortable. That's not just a, not just a shirt. Um, these are some of my favorite t-shirts and I've finally found a place that gets me what I want, how I want it in a shirt. That's just comfortable. So if you want to support the show, we'd appreciate it. Uh, there's a couple neat little designs on there that are curious to say the least. And there's also a form on the website. If you have questions, comments, want to contact us, uh, please do so. Sign up, chit chat, do the things, whatever. We enjoy the interaction. So we hope you enjoy this episode. I'll give these yeah. guys a sticker. Yeah. So it, it's, but they're coming, and I'll get you. I'll make sure to get you guys some. I like your look. You'll have to. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. And I also We're getting paid in beer. So. Oh. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're also. I want to order one though. They're they're up, they're up on the website. So I have finally gotten there. Have a couple of different designs that we got going. Um, so cool. You guys are ready. Make sure we get those. My hair. Up. Yeah. Like can, this close. Yeah. Or like, oh yeah. I gotta be that close. Yeah. yeah. You right. can move that around. You got too, the condenser, so. baby. Yeah. So you. This should be good. Beautiful. All right. We ready? Doing it? Let's do it. All right. Um, well, I'll, I won't forget. Usually I forget to actually introduce the people when we start. I usually we, remind you. Yeah, we usually do what we <laughs> just do did. And then we just, yeah, forget it. Uh, so we got Rick. Dan. Dan and Darren. I was trying Rick. to. Darren, not Darren. It's okay. Darren, <laughs> Switch before. Rick, Dan, and Darren. Invisible Ships podcast. Fantastic. Um, it seems to be such a my mind goes to an interesting story, how you guys got start, like how you guys got to where you're at now. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into the, you know, what you guys just got kind of not necessarily done doing, you know, but I'm just really curious as to what made you do, what made you start it? And what was kind of like your aim to like the evolution of where you ended up where you're at now? Cause even listening to your guys' show, it seems like throughout the episodes, it was like, Oh, we didn't expect this to happen. Yeah. Like, and then it was like, here you are. Yeah. So like, what's that? Cause that, that, that was a crazy ride. So it started out in the beginning of the COVID lockdown where everything started sucking. Right. And you couldn't do anything that my brother and I were like, you know, let's just do like a YouTube show or a podcast. And we'll just talk about the shit we talk about when we go camping. So we like to like <laughs> sit around campfire and talk, tell each other like crazy ghost stories, UFOs, Bigfoot, all that missing stuff. person, stuff like that. So, you know, we had no experience at ever. So I just went on, like I got my tax return and I ordered some podcasting equipment and we did our first one about the drones over Colorado. And like, we had no idea what we're doing. So, we're plugging away. It's a weird one. At doing these, <laughs> just like UFO stuff and, and things like that, which is really fun to do. But we had the most unpopular podcast episode of all time. Yes. The Molkai Menembe. <laughs> yeah. We can't even say. It. There's supposedly in like the Congo Republic. So it's the dinosaur. The dinosaur yes. in Africa. Oh, Have you ever yeah. seen the movie yeah. uh, Baby? 
Yeah. Well, well I remember seeing that when yeah. I was a kid. Great yeah. movie. And there was that dude on Joe Rogan that uh, he was in. Uh, I love that a- Asian guy, and he went oh. out there to try and oh, find yeah, that because, thing. Dude, <laughs> who? Oh, I forget dude, that was that, that dude's wild. Um, but dude, I people, about that before. people yeah. hated that episode. Like we actually got hate mail. How'd we, you get hate? You got hate mail for? Like, <laughs> what like, was? What were they pissed we off about? We didn't even have like a hard lack stance. of effort. <laughs> like we, we did a really bad job. <laughs> we didn't even take a hard stance. We're like, you know, this thing might exist. There's um, folklore and blah blah and. It might not exist because yeah. you know does a dinosaur. No, we don't want to. We like, don't want to crash your ratings. Just, we shouldn't talk about people it. People were no, pissed, but uh, it's like our we got more thumbs down than anything on that. And so you know that was like a that was kind of a turning point because it's well, like we're just sitting here reading Wikipedia articles and it's like not working. Like people <laughs> like are hating it. And like <laughs> like we should be, be creating our own content. And then, well, Darren, our brother-in-law, has always been interested in the Brian Macron case, which is a crazy unsolved case that happened like in our own backyard. So he's always telling me that we should cover this. And my wife was always like, no, don't, don't yeah. do this to me. Well, wives, in always this the town. reasonable ones, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, like our kids like had classes with the Macron's children. Like my daughter played lacrosse with the Macron daughter and stuff. So, I mean, like we had to be very careful right. about doing True. something like that. It's like, where you don't shit where you eat or whatever. Right. Yeah. Did. Well, we decided to anyways, you know. <laughs> but uh, well, I listened to Johnny Gotch from you guys. Yeah. Because the first ones, it was like, oh yeah, it's nice you guys are podcasting, but <laughs> I'm not following yet. Um, you but said then you loved John, it. I like Johnny Gotch. Johnny Gotch, I liked. I was like, all right, this has potential. And so I was like, guys, if we're gonna do this. We need to do Macron next. And Rick's hard to get on board sometimes, you know. So sometimes you really have to, you know, kind of push Rick. Well, finally, we, I was able to coax him into like taking his inflatable kayaks over to, to Chippewa Lake. And I kind of, I work in like home care. So okay. I go, so I'm in people's houses every day. And, um, you know, so I, I'm in Chippewa Lake all the time. So, I mean, I had a lot of different people I talked to that felt very strongly that this, that there was foul play and it just ended. So like, it was like the biggest disappointment to like the news, the end, it was like, you know, we, I think he acted alone and then that was it. You know, but it then so everything was like folklore after that, you know, all these rumors and everything. So I was like, if we can just do summarize the articles, maybe I can get somebody that I talked to um, on on here or whatnot. And then it just exploded. Yeah. Well, you reached out to the private investigator. So the Macron family hired their own P.I. His name is Paul Hartman. He's a former federal like uh mail inspector postal, postal inspector yeah. and we didn't think that they were going to talk to us but he got back to darren he said that he would talk on the condition that victoria macron could talk to so we're like yeah let's you know we have no idea what we're doing but let's do an interview so we thought we were going to get like 30 minutes with them and we ended up being in my bedroom which is our studio recording <laughs> for like four and a half hours you know what i mean it was like four and a half hours and they were telling us like Every couple sentences was something that was like blowing our minds. Like we had no idea this stuff was hidden from the media and stuff. And we put it out there. And the craziest and the coolest thing that makes me glad for all the trouble and everything was that people just started contacting us. That like she's talking about how they repainted the crime scene within a matter of hours. And then the the painter's calling. Right. So before you get into the details, give everybody just a rough. um, Obviously. If you want to hear the story from these guys, you know, go check their podcast out because it's, like you said, it's pretty incredible. Um, and everybody, because I had a buddy that turned me on. He just said, hey, man, have you heard about this? Or, you know, about this thing? I was like, uh, no, I don't know. 
He's like, there's a podcast these guys are doing. Check it out. It's a crazy story. I'm like, oh, okay. And I was listening to so much stuff at that time. I was like, all right, what am I going to try to fit this in? Um, but I started listening to it and it was like the first episode. It's like, whoa, like fucking really? It's like, that's really odd. But then I'm like, how many, how do these guys do so many episodes on yeah. this? And then you get to the next episode and you're like, what? No way. And then the next episode, it's like more stuff. Like, so just a, a brief kind of what is it? And like, you know, kind of a, a summary of kind of what happened and then, you know, how you guys kind of fit into that puzzle. So, um, Brian Macron is the gentleman who was killed in 2015, but on, uh, so basically it was a township trustee. It was it 2016, December. 20, oh yeah. 16. I'm sorry. It's December 15th of 2016. He went missing under suspicious circumstances. They found blood in his office and they later located his car, uh, just like two miles away at Chippewa Lake. Um, which is a fairly highly residential area. Um, and then he was gone. They didn't know where he went. Um, nothing really came about for the next two months. And then it was a warm spell in February. So February 21st, he was found floating in the lake. Um, when they pulled him out, he had six stab wounds and there was no water in his lungs. Um, they, Suspicious. Yeah. yeah. And then in June, basically, just kind of like going through the real brief story, um, they released the autopsy and basically said that he acted alone, and that's pretty much where it sat. They turned it over to BCI. BCI was uh, doing an investigation all the way up until October of 2020 when the prosecutor closed the case, and then that's kind of – and so we started the right podcast. Right in the middle of our podcast. Right. Yeah, and September was our first one, I think. Yeah. Right? How did they, how did they end up closing the – the case like what did they say so this was like you know what like i don't want to apply too much motive but this was at the time when the prosecutor was running for re-election right it was like you know the october surprise like this was a couple like maybe a week or two before halloween so like really close to election day and he started putting out on instagram which i follow him on instagram this that you reelect me and i'm gonna look into these cold cases i'm gonna form a cold case task force and stuff and so we're thinking like he's talking about macro like there was you rumors there's indictments were coming yeah like we were hearing a lot of like chatter i think <clears throat> that the show picked up like way more people than i thought were going to listen to it and like they started together collectively like having a voice and like causing the politicians to take notice i really believe that um, but he decided to close the case, which was a good thing because then we could FOIA like all the documents. And when we started going through the documents, we found out that there was a lot of conflicting information from what the authorities and the investigators were stating as fact to what was actually in the report. And man, the more you look at this, the weirder it gets. And I'm not. We're called conspiracy theorists by like the Akron Beacon Journal and most of the local media, but we're really not compared to a lot of the people that we talk to. But when you start seeing this stuff, it's like, all right, so why would they not tell the truth? Why would they purposely mislead us? Like, well, yeah, how many people can be involved? That's the whole thing. And they call us amateur sleuths, but it's the whole reason we talked about this is when it happened, because we're in Medina County, right? So we're like, this is crazy. Have you heard about this? I'm sure they're going to figure out what happened. And they just... It's like, oh, no, it was suicide, and, like, we never bought it. 
and then no one did anything about it. Like there was not another podcast about it, and there's not like that should be a Netflix show or something. Like it's an unsolved thing. Right. Well, I mean, that's that was the main, not necessarily the main point, but the, one of the reasons I reached out was like realizing after I kind of gotten through most of it and just obviously not, nowhere near in depth as you guys know about it, but it was like, oh, like this is still open. Like this is still a thing. And after you listen, even the first couple, you know, the first couple episodes, you're like, these are all really, really weird things. Um, and if someone's making a podcast about it and putting it out there, like, they have to be really ballsy just to like lie about all this stuff. You know what I mean? Cause someone's going to call you out on it. And as you know, as many people know about it, it's like, well, what the hell's going on here? And then you get through all like the whole story up until now. It's like, there's so many weird loose ends and just things that the more questions you ask, the more questions you have. Yeah. yeah. It and takes you, a lot of faith to believe the official narrative. Yeah, it does. You got to put yourself out there on a limb and swallow something to, to really feel like it went down the way that they said it went down. There's no way it went down the way they said it went down. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to ask. When you said a lot of faith, I was going to say, was that after the kind of some of the documents were released or when you said faith, like just there's no way, like you yeah, said, I mean, no like, answered my question. you know, there's no two camps, right? You know, there's a camp that we're not anti-police. I should say that like, there's some people that attack us, you know, they're like, I'm pro I back the blue. So they've never made a mistake that, Oh, that's a fallacy. That's you know foolish. what I mean? Like yeah. I want the cops to do their job. I want them to catch the bad guys and I don't want them to, you know, harass people that are innocent, but you got to hold your public officials accountable. And so like, this was a shitty job. They did a bad job. They threw away evidence from the crime scene. Like, you know, we talk about this was a stabbing, right? Or a major bloodletting event. And we got all those reports of cops throwing away knives. And so we started talking about that. Then we got the BCR report and there's actual like in the BCR report, they're like, oh yeah, we found a knife at the crime scene, but we're not sure what happened to it. We a think bloody that, towel. We think someone DNA threw it away. <laughs> like, that, that's the biggest thing. Like, oh, we think someone just threw this stuff yeah. away. So yeah. like, what? How, what how the mean? hell did this get a report? How did that, you know, like the death sergeant or whatever, not like flip out on that guy? Submitting that on his desk. Yeah. Yeah, and just to be able to yeah. say that. Like, oh, well, yeah. Nonchalantly, like, yeah, we think someone, yeah, we think we lost it. I mean, know. I'm not a cop, but I think in the police academy, whatever they teach you, like, if you find evidence, don't throw it away. No. <laughs> or, or something yeah. that possibly, you know, yeah, even could solve could the case. You go to a to... scene where it looks like somebody was stabbed and you find a knife, that could be important. <laughs> that could yeah. be important. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think to, you know, to your point, like, you know, I, I'm a, you know, we've had police officers on the show. I am, I back the blue, but when you want the police to catch the bad guys, but at the same time, like we don't want the police to be the bad guys. Yeah, I back people doing their damn job. Right. Too. right. right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's not a binary thing. It's yeah. like, yeah. like you before the cops, when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, what we want them to be doing. And then you could be like, Hey, I'm going to criticize this. And if anything, we're not saying there was like a crooked cop. It's probably just a systemic, like, I think one of the big things was they kind of took the crime scene and then gave it to the BCI and said, start over from the things we gave you. So the BCI is starting with kind of like a stacked deck. So they're going to just reach the same conclusion because they were kind of led that way. So it's almost not even their fault. Like, I don't know what we would really wish to happen. Like maybe have like, like an independent like investigator come in and do the thing all the way over. Cause they're just, I mean, the official closing of it is what undetermined undetermined autopsy yeah it, you know i i 
disagree. I think there's some serious issues going on, and I th- I hope that there's enough good people to see it and you know find some resolutions here. But I back the blue too. I am totally on for back in the blue. But you know. I'm almost like we need to back them more. We need to get them more training. We need to get better investigation. Yeah. You know, how do you become a detective? You just, it's just if you're there long enough, you can apply yeah, you for You get it. a promotion. You know, it's its not that you actually completed some rigorous ability to collect evidence. I mean, my brother went to sell a four wheeler up in Cleveland and he was stupid. And the guy said, let me take it for a test drive. This is my house. It wasn't his house. Went away, <laughs> calls the cop. Oh, cop geez. shows up and says, it's gone. It's like, well, I didn't need to call the police to know that it's gone. He drove off with it, you know. I mean, come on, here. man. I was here for it. Yeah. Come on. You didn't even. He didn't even go. I mean, like, at least gave him like the courtesy and like drive in that direction that he went. No. Nope. No. Nope. Just filled it out. Said, eh, if it shows up, we'll call you. Right. I mean, that doesn't do anybody any good. I mean, not that you no. need to go search every quad or anything, but I mean, that's that's what it was like with Macron too. It's like, oh, he went to California. Ah, shit. He showed up in the lake. Ah killed himself you know what i mean like that's what happened yeah so i guess that's um from my understanding and correct me on any of the stuff i'm wrong but just to kind of summarize some things um so he goes missing there was a lot of funny things when he went missing around it seemed funny with the trustees in the police department that they were just either completely inept or whatever something so there's you know some issues with the way everything was handled to the entire process um whether it be evidence or just the way people handled themselves seemed really weird. And then there's a lot of additional things that as the story goes on, that we find out that, you know, there's a lot of things that tied into this potentially. Um, and there's a lot of people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know at one point I saw a, uh, an article that, you know, there was someone, someone made a statement. I can't remember if it was one of the trustees or somebody in, kind of involved closely with the case, you know, saying that like, it seemed like they felt kind of vilified. Yes. But, and it was like, all right, I get that. But man, if everything else is, you know, how it sounds like it went, like you were being kind of weird too. So like, there's just so <laughs> many things that you go, all right, this, like the, the police officers not necessarily doing their job or whatever it is. Like they might have had nothing to do with it, but just the lackadaisical way they handled it. Like it doesn't look good. There's a whole website against our podcast, which is, weird thing to have happen to your podcast well, you when know, you start like, getting called out and people start and and I, i'll give them at that same same time too there, there's a lot of people out there you know that are conspiracy theorists and listen to this stuff and when you're just speculating they can take things and run with them and get real crazy because there's some real crazy people out there you know what i mean so just, i, mean, I think you probably agree that careful. we were pretty careful like we didn't go out half cocked and think, we never accused anyone you know right. yeah. like we just were asking questions and so one question led to another and the weirdest thing about covering this thing it's like a quantum experiment like as you're observing it you're yeah. causing it to change and like Ooh. dude it, it, like that's what made guy. it so yeah. hard like i like this guy <laughs> we were in over our head like so we're talking about stuff and then new evidence comes to light and like part of it i do believe because of the show we got the bci to, to be released and so like that caused a major change and then now all of a sudden um, we had all this information and we had so much information that we started working with the web sleuth community and different people that we met. So it was very cool because people with 
different skill sets would come forward. Like really interactive. A video guy that he's like, you know, I know a lot about video. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to give you some of these, see if you can clean them up, see if you can do this. And then we were we had- trying to figure out how the weather was when he went missing. And we just shouted out, like, are there any meteorologists that listen? And there was. And, and like in Indiana. <laughs> well, and like, awesome. he's, he's, like he gave us like what the day would have been. And the yeah. we're trying to figure out if you could fly a drone. That's what it was. Yeah. So. We're still arguing that. So our wives are helpful too. Like <laughs> my wife is on Facebook on the Justice for Brian Macron um, page, and so she just was talking to me about that today because there's people like we'll still keep bringing it's up got the a life same of its old own. stuff. But it's just, I think it's cool. We couldn't have done it without our wives, of course. Yes, none of us can. No. But I think we grew along with the podcast too. Like we we learned as we were going, like. I don't think we'd really do much different other than maybe how long we just let certain like interviews go and stuff like that just to tighten things up a bit. But, you know, like once you start getting out there and people start talking about it, like it is kind of hard to you can't control what people say or what they think. He's got to forget it. it. And that's why we just went out of our way to never accuse anybody of anything, even though we have our suspicions. Darren and I were talking about like we should set up a table like this. And put Darren Macron was murdered, changed my mind, and then just Bri- put it out on Brian the Diner Square. Yeah. Wait, what? Brian, 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 Brian was murdered. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Darren's oh, still like, living oh. and doing well. Oh, Damn. no. You, that means you're related to him? <laughs> oh, no. There is a Darren Macron. Yeah, his brother's oh. name's Darren, too. Oh, yeah. that's weird, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not too many of those. Yeah. Time to speculate. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> how has that, I mean, changed? Because I know, I think at one point you guys even said, like, this is, we, we never expected this to happen. Like, we don't, like, you basically said, we didn't know what the hell we were doing starting out. Yeah. Here we are. Like, we didn't expect for this. We um, thought we were going to get the Molke Menembe numbers, <laughs> <laughs> which were like Negative seven six. and five people, you know, being pissed off that you made it. <laughs> <laughs> the only people that yeah, listened to it. Like, why did you people. listen to it if you hated it so much? <laughs> but, um, and like his father. I was at their house for a cookout at Darren's house, and Darren's father was like, you know, right before we were releasing the first episode, like, are you nervous or whatever? I'm like, no, like, no one's going to listen to this, you know, like, it's going to be fine. And then started checking, like, our analytics, and it was like 3,000 downloads. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then a couple, like, after, like, the second episode, I get a call from a producer at one of the major networks calling from New York. I'm like, how did you get my number? And like, he wanted to talk about the Macron case. He's like, you know, I was listening to the second episode and I hit pause to find you. It's like, okay. Oh. So I knew that like we were on to something yeah. different now. Right. And like, we're still hoping that they come in. And I think that that's what this case needs at this point is we've, as we said it a couple times on the show, like we've reached the point what a podcast can do. You know what I mean? Right. With, Especially with the Facebook yeah. connection, trying to well, figure out that message but um there are some major you know one of the three main networks has a crime show and they want to come in and cover the macron case and i think that would be really beneficial so real quick if if there's anything that how can if i can't imagine that someone's going to listen to this that hasn't listened to yours you never know that knows anything you never, never know. know but if somebody does have any type of information anything like that like is what's who's who crime stoppers to? Is that just uh, like crimestoppers.com or like? Yeah, I mean, they can go on Google. I don't have the the number memorized, but call like the the Cleveland office. You can pretty much call any crime stopper and they'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, Yeah, I got you. 
Okay. And then call us. But if you know something, <laughs> call Crime Stoppers. Yeah, I think I think at one point, how, so how many guys, how many how many people have listened to that story on your guys' podcast at this uh, point? A whole, a whole lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's you know, I looked several months ago and like it was over thirty thousand, and I haven't looked. Oh it's cool too, yeah, you it's might like, not want to look now because it might be yeah. like oh <laughs> well, we'll get alerts like you've fallen off the south africa charts it's like we were on the south africa chart yeah, yeah, that like, one's weird like what are it they was, getting from trending us? in italy for a while i'm like yeah. you know like why would they care about this in italy some of these things i think are like weird just aberrations or, that happen yeah or someone's using like a VPN. or like the ai <laughs> for whatever is just like keeps recommending it to italians like listen to this you know, like, <laughs> we may have mentioned pizza at some point <laughs> or something I don't know. I don't know how that happened, but. Well, I mean, reg regardless of the, because it's obviously local to us. Yeah. Because you, know, you guys, we've talked about it, I think before we started recording, you guys are about half an hour away from us. Um, and that's how I heard about it was from somebody that lived in the area and knew, knew about it. But I mean, regardless of where you live, like it's, you know, taking the, I guess the, the personal aspect of the story out of it. It's an incredibly interesting story. And it's, like I said, you, you listen to the facts and you start to listen to some of the things that are going on. It's like, this is kind of mind blowing. Like, and then, then you think, at least I do, like, how often does this happen across the nation where it's just somebody just, just basically drops the ball on something or they just don't have the right evidence to find someone's murder or, you know, whatever it might be. Like it just, I think it happens kind of a lot and I've been researching a lot doing this show and researching about stage suicides too. So that's a whole other crazy phenomenon. It's like the unicorn of suicides. And so, you know, that's what the authorities are alleging that this was an elaborate stage suicide. Most of the suicides that you see that are staged are actually homicides staged to look like suicides. There's an even rarer version of that where somebody kills themselves, but stages it to look like it was a murder. Right. Um, I think the only reason to do that would be for like, insurance purposes yeah. or something like that but i guess or like you know just to spare your family the shame but really i mean yeah i guess that's true too it's actually horrible for the family right because then especially if they don't if they never know yeah no closure uh i don't think that this case was that i i just the mechanics of the case don't work I guess, uh, so so is there any evidence that what is the evidence that actually would show that it was a suicide because this the stabbing isn't that doesn't tell me suicide the no no water in the lungs like he didn't even attempt to he didn't yeah. drown himself so that's more a, of a story because i meant like 60 percent of the story so like there's gaps that need filled for me yeah so we'll, else. yeah well we'll go listen to the podcast but yeah well <laughs> <laughs> you can find it anywhere yeah, that you get I, your podcast yeah um but so i guess we talked about that before was he he went missing they found blood in his office and then there was a lot of things that happened in between that were just yeah. one of the big strange. things okay. leading up to him, him missing. He was telling people there's this irate citizen of the town that keeps calling me and like, and he would get calls in the middle of meetings, like I got to go angry resident. And so he had set up to, he's going to meet the angry resident early in the morning. He was going to have one of the sh sheriff's deputies, right? 
Yeah, uh, there. It's the township contracted with the sheriff's department, and it was that he rode along with this guy a lot. And he was going to have him hide there, to, like back him up when he meets the guy. And so he was like, it's like I'm Operation a gun. Angry Resident. They're going to yeah. do a sting. They were going the to pull the truck out. They were going to pull the truck out of the bay, and he was going to park his cruiser in there. And he was going to have this other trustee who's so got a whole CCW elaborate plan involving guns. And anyways, before they can show up, because that's supposed to be like seven or eight. It's supposed to meet at eight. And they're supposed to be there at like 7.45. Now, was that all verified? Because it sounded like from the story you guys told it, it was just a lot of people were saying that this it's a was. a lot of people saying. So we have to know, you know, the main people that are saying it are the other trustees. So the cop that we mentioned, his name is Jim Sanford. He doesn't recall being briefed on an angry resident. Well, not the plan, but he knew about the angry resident. Right, but though. he doesn't recall he knew being the story, briefed to be there. But right. he didn't know about that day. Yeah, but those, like, like you said, those two things can be completely separate. But there the, can be an angry resident that's he like. Yeah, but you get to the point where it's like, how many coincidences are we gonna have in fishy. one day? Like, n- nobody asked who the angry resident was. You'd be like, who is this guy? What is he pissed about? You know what I mean? It like, seems like BS. If we're gonna do a meeting, like, let me find out who you are what your problem is so that i could talk intelligently to you you know have like are you mad about some zoning thing like let me pull the records and yeah it doesn't make sense but they and... could never pinpoint the, because they have the phone records they could never pinpoint the phone calls when this to call would happen and so some of the witnesses yeah. recall brian getting a phone call from an angry resident and they have a specific time and date when we look at the phone records there's no phone call at that time Lots of weird financial so stuff like, going okay. on. Actually, Brian was in Columbus with his daughter when one of the witnesses remembers him getting a phone call from an angry resident. So they weren't even in proximity to each other. And that's not... <laughs> he just had so much weird stuff going on. Yeah, and I think that's that's one thing I didn't even know. So like, there's so many things in this. I you know, it's hard to you know like Cass asked like to have more of a story to it like here because there's so much to it that it's. It's kind of unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like all the little things, like she was listening to some of it and she was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And I'm like, what would what, you just listen to? She's like, this part. I was like, what? It gets way crazier than that. <laughs> like, and then like she texts, oh my God, oh, are you kidding me? Like, I'm like, no, nope, just wait, it gets even crazier. And so there's, you know, but the, like we, I guess going back to the gist of it. So there's a lot of things that happen. He, he actually what left his house early, super early in the morning. Yes. And never came back. Right. And now we find that his phone is pinging somewhere that is not near his office or his home. Like and this was all discovered after the much, BCI much closed. later. Yes. Like, so years later. Stuff that, you know, apparently the investigators had, but didn't talk about. Um, and I'm trying to give you like kind of a, a general proximity, but he would live kind of a straight shot towards his office more or less um it's right? probably easiest to use the lake you know so if you're like if you know the lake's out here he's here to here to the office and he's pinging over here which lake is that chippewa lake, lake. Chippewa lake. lake. you pull that up because i hear you guys talking about these things yeah. i'm like man it's like, actually like, it'd be nice to like be able to see it like in my be able to see it it's a very up. interesting lake you what know room? I'm it's, a, it's a natural lake Thirty thousand years old it was formed in like the last ice age and depending on which sources you read, they'll, you'll find evidence that the north end of the lake, the water ends up in Lake Erie, and the south end 
it flows out to the Ohio River. So that's like weird that one lake has two watersheds. So, I mean, I just think the lake itself is kind of interesting. It was like an amusement park in like the turn of the century in the 1900s or whatever. It's now a Scooby-Doo ghost town for real. Scooby-Doo ghost town, yep. Well, I think they they that down. Yeah, yeah, she's got some pictures. So, like, you'll see, like, the Abando roller coaster. You're almost like, go to, like, a Google Maps. That's so weird. Go to the Maps. Just so I can see like a, a vertical. So he, so his house is up on the north Orion Road. You see that? Two. So you got the lake. Go to the right. Two two streets. There's Ryan Road. He lives up north of that. Okay. The township hall is down closer to it's uh, one forty two. So if you go pull the screen up a little bit, so go north. You can yeah. see the yeah. log okay, storage. Yeah. That's the township, yeah. Um, and then he pinged down close to Westfield Road. So let's see where 42 kind of diagonals. Westfield comes straight. So if you drop back down, so that would have been his route, would have been that so way. So when he gets out of bed, he pings down to his Westfield and Kennard down at the bottom. He's pretty close to there. Is where the There's the Kennard Road is. down there, so, way, then, way so, below the watershed there. So where's his house at? His house is on north. The so quite a bit north. So, so he's going way out of his way. So he's north of the north. So follow Ryan and keep going. He's north, north of the trustee office. Yes. Okay. So he actually. So theoretically, the story goes, he gets up, or suit like what two o'clock in the morning, something like that. Leaves yeah. the house. Doesn't doesn't tell his wife where he's going. No one really knows technically where he's going. His phone. We find out months and years later that actually pinged south of the lake, which is beyond the trustee office. And where the blood yeah. was found. It makes no sense for him to be over yeah, there. So he goes south of where the, the blood was found in the trustee office, south of the lake. And then where in the lake was he? F- where, where was his car at? Because I know then so, th- they found his car the next morning. So his car, right? mm-hmm. so see all the development there. The beach side is the one that runs right around the lake. You see a curve in there. On the, it's in that grayed out Up on the northeast like, right, yeah, there. right That's in there. Beachside Boulevard. So he was found kind of more closer to Longacre and Beachside, almost the corner down there in the bottom. But his car was found on the north. That's so where, that's car, where his, that's car, his car, was car was parked. He was found up in the northwest corner of the lake. So his car was parked in the southeast corner of the lake? Kind of central. more central of the lake, kind of. On the, what, like on, on the, the west side? Mm-hmm. On the on the east yeah, side. Uh, east side. Okay. And then he was found in the northwest corner up there. Now you see the inlet coming down the blue. Yep. So there's a current that then goes straight through the lake all the way down. So first of all, the the outside of the lake was frozen. Yeah. Right. And so there's not, I mean, you would have a clear idea if he literally walked out there and broke through the ice and drowned, right? But if he even did that and they didn't find him, he would be on the southern portion of the lake because of the current. Instead, he's up there. So, which means either he went in at the very, he there's it's kind of marshy up through there. Um, so either he went in like kind of. My theory is he went off a of Chippewa Road. There's a bridge right there, um, that would have been, and it's pretty. There's not a whole lot of houses in that area. Gotcha. If he was murdered, that would be an easy spot to just kind of throw him over. Now, so if we go so, with the devil, so real, real quick, so I can. So for anybody who's not watching this, and this will be on YouTube, so it's probably going to be better to watch some of this stuff than listen to it. But just so people are listening to it. So you have this lake in this township. His house, you have uh, the three key points here would be the lake, the township office where the blood was found, and then his home. So his home is north of the township office, right? 
and then there was blood and a scuffle, scruffle found at the office. Right. And that is in between his home and the lake. And he was found, his car was found the next day on the east side of the lake. And then his body months and mo months later was found on the northwest right. side yeah. of the lake. And in that process, when he left, didn't tell anybody where he was going. He, we don't know, but theoretically would have had to, what was the blood in the township that was verified as his? Yes. Okay. And, so and I brought you pictures. And one of the things that you'll want to look at later on is the fact that there's quite a bit of blood in the office and very minimal blood in the car. Right. And remember the, the official timeline is the office happens first, then the car, then he goes to the lake and wanders around. Right. But I think a, a key point to that was, which I, I didn't quite, this is kind of, I, I knew, I kind of knew what you guys were talking about, but without seeing it and kind of understanding it. Um, so when he, even if he left the office all bloodied up or whatever that was, he at one point he had to go south of the lake and then around it or whatever, park on one side of the lake and somehow end up on the other side of the lake. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, just the, the so, route is weird. So, some, like, why was he driving all the way down there? Like, what did Especially he, when we try to take into consideration that this was a cold night. It never got above five degrees i don't think i mean the Ooh. high for that day was 17 but at night the temperatures were down as low as five degrees he wasn't dressed for the weather he lost quite a bit of blood he didn't have his glasses imagine him like stumbling around either, no water right. and cell phone was supposedly in the township hall but to cover that much ground without but, leaving footprints or blood droplets or or anything you know what i mean like there's a lot of questions yeah but you also gotta so that ping though is at 146 in the morning his car at least well the car they're assuming is brian's pulling in because there's a there's a uh, gas station on the corner there it's got a nice camera so you can see some traffic going in there but it's i mean it's you don't know for sure but if we assume that that's his car it pulls in around 150 so he would have had to have gone down left his house gone around the lake and then gone up to the township hall which wouldn't have made because his wife doesn't know sense. exactly what time he left, correct? They don't. Right. Mm -hmm. No. I because... think she said she, like, was aware that he was getting up, but sometimes he would sleep on the couch because he got too hot. Just like, you know, when you're in bed with your wife and one of you guys gets up to go to the bathroom, whatever, like, maybe you kind yeah. of wake you're up aware and you're like, don't make a big deal about it. Go back to sleep. Right. It's the, at least that's the way that she's saying yeah. it. And I don't think that, to me, that didn't raise any questions. Like, okay, yeah, if if I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, <laughs> which I do often because I drink a bunch of water or whatever, like, yeah. then she, my wife... Unless you got an insane spouse. Like, where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You better check in with yeah. me. If I, if I have to check in when I get up sign, to go pee at, at midnight... I need counseling. Yeah, yeah I, I might need more than counseling. <laughs> I might need a lawyer. <laughs> so... So that happens. They find his car the next day. Um, and there was something weird too. We don't have to dive into all the details and a bunch of this stuff, but the kind of the weird things was like, it seemed like the, did the police show up at their house even before like the wife really knew that he was missing? They were calling her. Yeah. So she got up and she went to work around, I think close to eight o'clock. Um, the oldest daughter was home at the time who was in like college age. Um, so they, they found, but they found the office around 
seven close 720 i think is the official is when uh the maintenance man arrived to the township hall gotcha. so everything was kind of in place over there and so they, they think that's why like the police were contacting them because they're like hey like his office is yeah they're like, so like something something went right down okay that 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 makes more that makes sense yeah i i don't think that's too fishy i mean you know, I know that they came in the house per, you know, like we had on the podcast from Victoria. I don't – what I never got an answer on is whether they were invited in or not. But, I mean, at that point, I think it was just – I mean, there's just – Chaos. Ma- yeah. Hysteria going on, yeah. you know. I mean, your right. dad – like everybody's looking for him, you know. And Some of the, the benefit of that interview too is just that first-person account. And you kind of got to take that as it is too because it's oh, someone's opinion. Sure. Yeah. But it's just good. I mean, that's – and something we try to do on our podcast and in our next season, we're doing the Circleville letters. And we yeah, I want to talk about those. Too. We try to just talk to people actually involved instead of like just reading it off, the, you know, like what we used to do. So we're, we're never going to do another Mocha. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's our solemn pledge. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, but no, yeah, that no, makes sense. Um, so that there were some weird things that happened around that, but nothing like too crazy. It just seemed kind of more, like you said, just chaotic yeah. more than anything. Um, but then at one point it seems like there were some, you know, there was, they got people into the cleanup, everything really quickly, yes, which that did. seemed kind of suspicious. Yeah. And then there was a, you know, a painter involved. I think that said that he's like heard about some or saw some knives being thrown away. Yeah. He, talked he about was the kni- awesome. Yeah. yeah he, he he's about- a fun dude. That's Bob Popovich. So he's a painter and you're, what you said is hundred percent accurate. So the turnaround time from crime scene to let's repaint and recarpet this office this is like less than 24 hours oh she's got some of the pictures pulled up is that his office yeah yeah, it's, yeah. so it's technically, technically not an office room. yeah it's a back conference room that's where they typically would like meet and get stuff done like there wasn't like a separate office for each trustee yeah and this i mean that even the patterns of that seem kind of like i'm, I'm not a once again, like I talked about in the Bitcoin episode, you brought up, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm also not a detective. <laughs> um, but th- that doesn't seem like, it seems kind of weird that it looked like it was, it wasn't like, it looked like there was a struggle there or something because it looked like it was smeared and like, you know what I mean? That, that doesn't look like somebody just dripping blood all over the place. Yeah. Like it, it, to me, it looks like he sat in that area for a while and bled. Um, yeah, tried to get try up to get up. down. When... I can see, yeah, maybe that too. But yeah, it just... But it, then, if if you're there bleeding out, like how, how so? Then how did he get up and then drive himself? You know that's what I'm saying. And in, walk in the out. car, very minimal amount of blood. So I don't know how much blood that is. And just like you said, I have all the same disclaimers that I'm not any you know expert in anything. But if that was if my house, I'm like that is an alarming amount of blood, right? Yeah. You know, and and in the car, there's really not much, like a droplet or two. So. That makes it weird if you follow the official timeline. That like this is suicide, and guys, like you know, this is going too good. Let me slow shit down because I want to go and freeze to death. Right, because that seems to be only the only viable cause of death at this point. Because if you said they don't know, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know how he died. That's true. And And he had six stab wounds, but and if you were trying, because there's one of on the the opposite side of people that still kind of follow the official report say. He screwed up. Like he was trying to look like he got beat up and he wanted to be found. That's like one of the most recent ones they're coming back at us with. But if he wanted to be found, why would he leave the place he told everybody he was going to be at? Right. And I mean, you can get beat up and get stabbed and cut without 
stabbing yourself enough to kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the bigger question is if this is a stage crime scene, like why would you stage this if you were going to end up dead? You know what I mean? It, so like we hear there's all kinds of new theories and like all kinds of people coming after us. But like what my brother mentioned that, oh, Brian was going to, he wanted to be found and look like a victim and stuff like that. But it, which it's I just, mean, it's, it, I could see that. I mean, people do that. Mm. You know what I mean? But like you said, that that's awfully weird. Why and would why you leave? Why don't would do you such leave? a good job of killing yourself. Then, right. You know? Why would you even go somewhere where you know no one's going to find you at two o'clock in the morning? And, and the thousand dollar question still is like, how did you get into a frozen lake with no water in your lungs? Like, yeah. How could you be dead even before if, you got into the water? Yeah, because even if he fell, like he got too close to the lake or something like that and his you know, the blood loss caused him to fall. He'd still be breathing a little bit. Like that's a weird time frame to, you know, die as you're falling and stop breathing as you right. hit the water. Yeah. Like, and that's like we were saying, all strange. of a sudden you're jumping through all these hoops just to go along with the official explanation. It's like, and you've also got like, you know, the, they talk about the body being in such good condition for being in the water for that long. I mean, wouldn't you think like if you're out in the elements and like animals and stuff, I mean, if you're laying along the shoreline, I mean, we've got tons of coyotes. Right, so, that, so that's a good point. You know point. what I mean? Like, he should have been torn up. Right, so that's a good point because I think the other one thought process is, well, he died or he killed – whatever it was, he died like along the shore. And then the lake flooded, which ended up bringing him into the lake. Yeah. Like, basically, he receded back into the lake, mm -hmm. which to your point – like, because if you just fall into the cold water when it's 10 degrees, that's going to preserve you pretty well if you're mm -hmm. just in the water and that's it. But – like but you said, the way the story goes, I mean, at least that's Forrest Thompson's kind of, when he did that release, that's the prosecutor of Benita County. When he did that release, he kind of assumed that he walked up north on Beachside to get up to the inlets because why he wouldn't just walk straight in beyond me. Let's just walk forward and then laid down somewhere where they couldn't find him, even though there was a lot of searches. But then the weird part is, is the, the, the people that didn't search either. That's We should talk about that too. Yeah. So there was but, a lot of foot um, searches. Um, that the parks department it. conducted. And so they went all around the perimeter of the lake, the lake. And, you know, half of that is kind of a suburban area. So it's people's backyards. And if you ever go there, you'll notice that like a lot of the yards are kind of sloped and they're fenced off. So it would be hard for someone in his condition to, to get over there. And then even harder to get back into the lake if he was behind the fence line. So if he's on the front of the fence line, it's pretty much wide open there. It's not really a place to hide. And it sounds like they did a pretty good job searching the parks department. Yes, but the, the people yeah. that you're referring to that they declined is that there was um, Brian Macron was a veteran. He was a former Marine. There was a veterans group that they do search and rescue for fallen veterans. And they have dog teams and they wanted to come and the sheriff told them they would not be welcome if they came. There's also another veterans group that has a boat is there a reason that can for that? detect skin cells in the water and they wouldn't allow them to come either? Is, did they give any reason for that? No. Because so, once again, just weird stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there is a lot of weird things that go. So basically we're, we're past the point where, you know, he's gone. Um, this, and then there's even more irregularities in the searching for him. Uh, because like you said, you, they wouldn't allow the people to bring their dogs to like look for him. And then, you, I think you guys mentioned there was like someone that offered to come and do drone searches too, and they said well, no. They had, they had a, drone. a drone. Brian Macron used to work for a company called Vista Technologies before he was a trustee, and their company donated two drones 
one with a uh, regular full spectrum like camera and one with the thermal imaging camera and sergeant sanford who's the guy that was supposed to be hiding out and waiting to you know on operation angry resident was the point man for this transaction and was trained to use the drones and i'm sure there was other deputies that were trained to use the drones but they had two drones donated by brian macron's company but they didn't use them yeah we've been racking our brain trying to figure out like what would have prevented the drones from coming out that those things from happening that's the question it's like that just seems awfully weird yeah so does. like and again it's just one like we talked about it's just one of these things where there's just so much weird stuff that stacks up you just at some point it's just like well, fuck, i don't know well i want you to <laughs> do this because this is a interesting thought exercise put yourself in the deputy's official mind at this time because they see what you saw with the blood and the car at the lake and they say he's in california don't waste your freaking time with the drone don't waste your time with the dog dude's in california that's what they came up like, with that was yeah. what they believed at the time that brian macron had some financial trouble and is now surfing off of long beach right which is also another weird thing and i don't know why they got that but that's what yeah. they came up with so well i guess too there's so so we've kind of gone through the story a little bit and we understand that there's irregularities from the get-go and there's even if you listen to your guys's you know podcast there's even more irregularities that we've even come close to touching it's just a lot. there's <laughs> yeah it's, it's just a constant irregularity across the board um with and little tiny things just for seemingly no reason um but so we've gotten to the point where he they know he's gone and for whatever reason the narrative is from some people that he's he's just he's up and left he faked his you know he faked his murder and he left and then you guys start getting more information um about just other things because we didn't even touch on the i guess he was a, a like a private like jewelry dealer or a like a intermediary like jewelry dealer so he traveled a lot mm -hmm. um and there's that's that's not all that weird um but there was some other things that like in his background that just started on un coming unearthed and it was like he's tied into a lot of different things and you know i don't want to you know you can listen to all the info whatever like and i the goal is not to just make it salacious but it just becomes really strange because he's tied into so much but there's so much other stuff going on like if they wanted to make an excuse or something like i feel like there's a lot of excuses a lot of things they could have made up rather than oh he went to california you know what i mean like there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of different things people could say well well obviously it was very specific it's not like oh he ran away it's like oh he's probably in california yeah so like and maybe i'm skipping ahead here but i i don't you had somebody on that made not an assumption but just threw the idea out that possibly he was somehow tied into um like government intelligence or something like that yeah like i know that's one that's one of the crazy theories but there's yeah. a lot of it's out there he kept a number of like contacts with like military contractors for some reason which seems weird for... because he didn't seem to be involved in any of yeah that. no and according to we it was from phil hartman he said um, when his body was found, a federal pay scale was in his wallet. So if that's true, that's odd because he's supposed to be no longer employed by the Department of Defense. For a long time. For a long time. There's there's irregularities in his travel. So that was kind of weird. Like he was supposed to be at like a township meeting and he's like, oh, I got on the wrong flight. I'm in, Calif I'm in Los Angeles. 
I mean, I how can you get on the wrong flight? These days? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think you could do that anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. In 2015, 2014, whenever he would that would go dark been. sometimes too. Like he would shut off the GPS on his phone, and you know, going through we have like the last year of his phone record. So there'd just be times when he just goes totally dark, like he's purposely shutting off the GPS on his phone. And the other phone he that can't was track found his movements. They found another phone in his console of his car when they found it. It was just kind of weird. It was turned off, but does anybody do they know who that? Was it's supposedly his old phone, but like, who keeps their old phone in there? And then we got to talk about the weirdest car. thing because you never know. Somebody listening to your show might know thing. what this hustle is. Yes, yes. We asked everybody that. We've been racking our brains. I heard this part and I was like, I don't even know what to do with all this. Somebody to slap that. Somebody's got to know. I mean, this is really interesting. Lay it out. So there are these insane credit card purchases and receipts or returns, and you'll see like over the course of a year. Almost a million dollars worth of credit card purchases and almost a million dollars worth of returns. That's a lot for a, that's a lot of weird activity. That is. I mean, and like we talked to somebody that worked at Target where they distinctly recall Brian coming up there to the electronics section. And this guy says he remembers it because they had the TVs and they're playing the Ohio State Michigan game or something. So they're talking about that for a minute. They're bullshitting about Ohio State Michigan. He's like, "I, I would like two iPads. And that's something that they have to keep behind the counters. Because it's a high stolen item, sell him two iPads. He walks to the front of the store and returns them, so they come right back to that guy. And he's Fifteen like, Wait. feet away. Yeah, I, he just watched the whole thing go down. He's like, you know, that's really weird. But even weirder is the fact that Brian Macron appears to be losing money on this. Um, you know, like when you look at all of it and you crunch the numbers for that whole year, it's a long list. He's short like five hundred dollars. He's not making points. It's not credit points because of the time limit of the returns. It wouldn't be enough to get points. And it's if it's to get cash back, the max amount that we've seen for a whole year is $500. So it seems like a whole lot of work. You buy like a lawn, wait, was it a lawnmower? A lawnmower in Texas and have it delivered to Texas when obviously he lived in Ohio. A refrigerator, like in Oklahoma City that gets returned before he leaves the store. Yeah, like big, big ticket item stuff. It's we weird. don't know why. I, yeah. You got any, you got any thoughts on that? The, the wheels are turning. I'm nothing <laughs> yeah. yet. Yeah, because I don't. Because I know you you haven't finished all the episodes. I know you said oh, you listened to yeah, you listening. were listening to it, but like that was one thing. Like when you guys started talking about that, it's just it's almost like you throughout the story. There's you have to like put it into like all these different categories and go. Okay, well, let's deal with this category by itself. Let's deal with the the police not doing their jobs properly, and then some of the information around that's like. You could even speculate, okay, are they not doing their jobs properly because they just screwed up or because they just didn't care or because there's some kind of weird involvement going on? Like all of those three things are theoretical possibilities. Mm. And then you look at, you know, some of the, the township things that were going on. It's like, all right, are these people just, you know, in chaos and they don't know what's going on or are they doing some of this stuff intentionally? Yeah. And then you look at you know, this thing and this thing, like there's so many different categories of, okay, well, is, is this just, just happening coincidentally or is this part of it? And then we had like Nexus pipeline coming through at that time, which is, that's a big thing, huge thing in the community. They're throwing around lots of money. So that looks like, you know, could that have been a motive? I mean, we know that Brian was against the pipeline. And they were supposed to vote on that on December 19th. All three trustees. And he went missing, what, four days earlier? He went so, on the 16th. Yeah, so three days. the 16th. So it's just like, you know, I, and a lot of people could probably look at that, because I look at that and go, ah, 
probably not unless somebody because usually if something like that's gonna happen it's like what it's got to be some kind of money involved you know but there's, that's there was also money to be made from it. Yeah, there's money involved he, with Nexus. Did, but this it was like it millions vote, of dollars with. Nexus. If he voted against it, would that cancel it or probably change not. a lot of things? They probably you know couldn't I mean? have stopped no, it. We, I don't think we really buy that. But one, one of the things we think is, was he trying to alert people? Like, if you look at those last phone calls that he made, he's calling high-ranking law enforcement officers and a newspaper reporter. They look at the pictures that we had over there of the office you'll see like a neat records room and there's a duffel bag just kind of sticking out of the corner like was brian going there but did he get caught in there trying to take paperwork out was he threatening to expose somebody else i mean none of it adds we just up. don't know these aren't personal phone calls though i mean like he's calling top law enforcement agents on their personal cell phone numbers he was visiting hours before eye. he disappears yeah we have reason to believe he was seeing a like also a private investigator locally we don't know that for sure though but that's a potential out there too that's well, weird. did victoria have anything to say about his weird returns she was not aware of it at all do you believe her i, I do tend to believe her i still am in pretty direct I think that's, contact with her and i think that's an important point too and, and i think it's i think a lot of people look at you know, they listen to these stories, you know, similar stories or whatever, and they, they look at some of these cases and they go and, you know, you find out that somebody, you know, the victim ended up being involved in something not so great. And people initially in your mind, you go, well, not that big of a deal then. Like he had some dirty laundry. Well, yeah, but kind of don't we all in a sense? Like, does that, does that one thing that he may have been doing really made it okay that you know right he was potentially murdered the sentence isn't death right exactly so like you know there's a lot of weird things that just add up and you have to kind of be able to to split those things and look at these things all separately and the once again going back to the you could speculate about a lot of things about all most of the things but the like going back to the credit card thing i just don't that just doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of things throughout the case that were weird and you could go, you could put and speculate and put a, a guesstimation to it. But some, like you said, like some of these calling a bunch of people that wouldn't make sense that are ranked, you know, or police officers and different things. And then what's this credit card stuff? Like he's in, he seemed like he, he was involved in so many things that just didn't add up. I would just love to know what that hustle was all about. I mean, like you'd have to be doing it. It would have to benefit you in some way to do it, right? I mean, unless you just had some kind of weird, crazy compulsion that you had to buy random stuff and then return it immediately. Yeah. I mean, you there's know, weirder people out there. It's like there's people that eat toilet paper. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Ever he seen my strange my addiction? Strange, yeah, that's yeah. A, my strange addiction. He just liked buying things and returning them. But, like, that seems awfully – that's a, probably a little too strange. <laughs> it, it seems like the, the reward factor is, like, a little bit further off. You don't even get to unbox the item or play with it. You know what I mean? And maybe it's nothing, but that's – kind of the thing with this case that I think made it really interesting and maybe got us in a little trouble. It's like, it's all un uncovered ground. So we're just bringing everything. Right. And then people were calling us like, oh, crap, well, we got to get this guy on because that's interesting. And all of a sudden, now kind of down the road, it's like, okay, well, we kind of got really taken down the road on that one and maybe that's not true. But, you know, again, we never made any claims. We were just trying to get it out there to get people talking about it because nobody was talking about it. Yeah. And there's, all you can do is speculate on it because there's what else... Yeah. Right. There's no 
No, the facts. The fact is just that he was found in the lake with no water in his lungs, six stab wounds, and they want us to believe it was a suicide. Yeah, and a lot of weird shit on the back end. Yeah, yeah. The weird part is, is you know, like, so we, we kind of thought like Macron was gonna start to like calm down, and then this other website popped up. But it's weird that they're so adamant about that he did it to himself. Yes. Now, mind you, they early on sent a letter. The one trustee sent a letter. It's it's on their website that um, asking the sheriff why they're not moving stuff along and doing what they're supposed to be doing. She was. They were frustrated with it, and they felt that their their residents needed some answers and updates. Um, you know, and but then all of a sudden they've just come out and just. I mean, they are all for that. Brian did this to himself, and it's just it's mind boggling why they feel so adamant on defending it. And that's that's the weird thing for me too. It's like from looking at it, like I mentioned, there's so many things that you could speculate on, particularly as law enforcement. Like, well, he was involved in this and this. We found some irregularities with this yeah. credit card. Like, uh, we know he he might be involved in some weird things, but being so adamant about that he did it to himself it just for the normal person you look at that and go well that doesn't make any sense like that just in my mind it's like well that just points the finger back at you because you're making these claims that just seem really odd when they could be making claims that well you know we just don't know he was involved in a lot of weird things we just don't know there's no reason for these trustees to be so defensive that's it's the part that i would wish i could reassure them if they're listening to this show is that, you know, no one has ever accused you of anything. And, and everyone's invited on our podcast. But we try to get this website True. just to, to, to try to convince the population that Brian Macron murdered himself. And I think that's kind of another one of the head so scratchers. It's like, what compelled you to that website's like, created. it's called lafayettefacts.com. Yeah. And it, Oh, it's like a fact checker. Yes. Oh, and so they've been on they've <laughs> been on a, a media <laughs> campaign. They they made their own affidavits in February of this year. So yes. they all wrote up these things, took so them to a notary, the and then they said, "We have the facts now. We wrote them down." <laughs> was last, that, was last that the website that was launched like when they were doing the vigil? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, that's you heard about that. Uh, yeah, I saw yeah. you guys. They had the vigil for Brian. Right. And then. But they, the trustees were, you know, supposed to be having a meeting there, and they didn't. They, for the first time ever, decided to observe COVID protocol and did their meeting via Zoom and then created a website instead of being at the visual to be like, you know, I, I miss Brian, too. Not a day goes by that I don't miss Brian. They're like, no, we just created a website to prove to the whole world why he killed himself. Once again, <laughs> another – that's a weird – Yeah. Just, it's just weird. I mean, like – You know what? I'll, I'll say this right now anyone's telling me hey i have the facts here they are believe them i right off the bat don't because <laughs> i've heard enough facts right. this last year for the rest of my life thanks no right. <laughs> and they're not required to comment like you know we're just doing a podcast we're and honestly we've actually moved on to a different story and so they're kind of the it just makes you wonder why they're so the way i think about it is like say you you wherever you work you have a coworker and he or she ends up dead mysteriously and there's people that say that you know they were murdered and other people say that they took their own life would you as the co-worker be like well i'm going to make a website to prove that this person killed themselves like like why, why? like why just let you go. don't have a dog in this race you know like no one's looking at you no one's trying to say that you had anything to do with it so you don't need to be so defensive 
Yeah, well, here it there is. It is. Four, and I love this because you can't use this website without the, listening to the podcast. <laughs> look at this. This is so like I just look at it and like, yeah, no, I don't believe you. Right off the bat, we Fact. created a sticker. There are there's a sticker available yeah. from our merch store of a cat with that. Uh, there are internet rumors, and then there internet are facts. facts. The, the facts, facts are here. Let's know the truth, no, yeah. The truth is here. Oh man, they're really laying it on thick, huh? Uh, That's just yeah, a news article. Able. They're no, it's not like it's crazy. That news article. <laughs> yeah, man. Obviously, the trustees don't like us. False claim. Lafayette Township trustees are fully in support of the cover up of the murder. If you go down, you see a lot of uh, links oh, to us. Oh, there it goes. I love so too. Invisible Ships podcast. Thirty-five minute mark. Oh wow. I want to see Linda and um, Victoria Drive. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and that's the thing, like. I get look at this one though this is the this one's kind of sad it's like false claim in episode two of invisible ships podcast Victoria claims it was weird that Mike Costello and Brian went to a movie blah 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 who cares they like lay out all the times that they ever hung out with Brian and like have the dates which is a really weird thing to do for a friendship it's like no look I have my friendship on paper here are the times that I attended a football game or a graduation party and these are also more or less the compulsory things that you invite coworkers to yeah, I mean, I've invited, <laughs> like, that's funny. Yeah, like, yeah, so I was, I was trying to read that. So they said, like, false claim in episode two of the Invisible <laughs> Ships podcast, his wife claims it was weird that these two people went, because they, it was, um, and I just they went to they went, today, too. Right. She said it was weird because she thought she was supposed to go to the movie with him. Right, so they, it was, so people, it's, he, he that, the night before he had went out to a, watch the movie after, uh, a like, party. a little party thing yeah. that they had. Yeah. Um, so they went out to the movie, and she said it was weird because originally she was supposed to go and then like he just they, they never go. talked they never called yeah anymore. which and then can you scroll up just a little bit so it says so on this website it says false claim in that episode you know she claims it was weird that those two went out to watch the movie that night because she claims michael and brian never hung out the truth during the years 2010 and 2011 michael invited Brian and Victoria to summer parties at his house. He never said he went. Yeah, no. Just invited. I've been to invited a lot of things You're I've never got to. Your friends. I've invited a lot of people to things that they I've never came to. And, we and they're friends. again, they're attacking a phone interview with a widow <laughs> recorded four years after all of this, and she wasn't. You know, we didn't make her yeah, swear in a Bible in, or anything. In 2015, they attended the graduation party of the oldest daughter. I've been to a lot of graduation parties that I had no idea who the fuck they were. (laughs) Like you invite everybody and their brother. So like I guess this is the stuff I'm talking about. Like by doing this stuff, it makes me question it even more. Yeah, those people weird. Yeah, if those people never said anything, like I'd be like, oh, you know, whatever. Like protest too much. See see the links there; those are all to their sworn affidavits they made that week. Oh wow! (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) click click on the sworn affidavit. It's great. Uh, this one. Any yeah. of them, yeah, yeah. That I mean, I just like how much one. credibility do you give it? So, so it's like, and it's, it's like, not even oh, a... I saw a Star Wars movie with Brian in an affidavit. Like, is literally like what we're <laughs> like, working with. It's not even like a full story. It's just like these tiny little like. I attended a Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I a... solemnly swear. I've attended a lot of Christmas parties with people I hate. <laughs> Did you ever <laughs> make an affidavit? About yeah. <laughs> we should. Yeah. So I think that that's on what... December fifteenth, two thousand sixteen. I attended a Christmas party and then went to see Star Wars. Like, like so I, I. <laughs> Like, I totally, I, I get it, but, like, this is the stuff that, like, it's like catching your kid doing something. Like, 
I didn't, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And then it's like, okay, cool. And then the next day, well, you know, I didn't do that. Right. I didn't, well, let's stop. Why are you bringing it up? Like yeah. you feeling guilty about something? It's like, I'm, I'm like, I didn't cheat on you. Like, yeah. No one's yeah. asking you. Yeah. Like I didn't. It just went on a business trip. Yeah. yeah. It just, that's, I guess it just adds to the weirdness of everything. Yeah. You know, and that's, mm -hmm. I didn't realize this was a thing. This makes it even weirder. I didn't realize it was that though. Wow. Yeah, this is a lot so, of work. So they, they actually are proud of this, and they went to several television stations. So they were on Channel 3, Channel 5, 19, trashing us and promoting this webpage. It's been – that happened, what, two weeks ago? Uh, I think it was a little longer than that, right? February? Middle, oh, yes, it is two weeks. Not three weeks ago. So, yeah, whatever. I just remember but, waking up every day, and like, my Facebook would be full. Like, hey, they're talking about you on TV again. Yeah. That's pretty wild. For just a bunch of guys just trying to – talk about the things that are happening yeah this is a this is a lot of information on here for mm -hmm. what you know that's for oh look at this one. Oh, on may 2016 i offered brian twenty thousand dollar loan like that's weird too that you put that in an affidavit yeah oh and by the way he declined <laughs> but then they're trying to tell you that he killed himself because he was in financial difficulties like what kind of dude that's in his eyeballs. I offered him the loan to get him oh, through what's Christmas. That, that last one, the collection the calls Christmas. continued. He was in debt. Yeah, but but he's turning down a twenty thousand dollar loan. He's not like insanely in debt though. Like he's not. I mean, you know, there's there's not that much debt. <sighs> there's a there's just a lot of weirdness. Yeah, a lot of weirdness. Um, and he had no life big life life insurance payout. Like that wasn't a thing either. You know. Yeah, well, once again, I have more questions now than I did when I, than before you guys yeah. walked in the door. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So what is this? You know, you, you mentioned just recently waking up and your Facebook blowing up. Like, how has this affected you guys? Like, because it seems like you guys are just, you know, he said, I bought some podcast stuff when we were bored during the pandemic. So we figured yeah. we'd do something. Still then... wasn't as rough as the way that the Molke Manembe thing went. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get any death threats. Right. You got death threats from the, the uh, other no. one? No. <laughs> we were just like, if we, we ever see you on the street, we're going <laughs> to your ass. I'm just going to punch you in the face <laughs> wasting my time. <laughs> Never cover cryptids, man. That's a, it's a rough world covering cryptids. I think the biggest thing is it's just cool to make an impact on the conversation you know we wanted a conversation so i guess we got one yeah <laughs> i'd say so yeah i um, mean you know it's cool because i mean victoria has thanked us over and over and over again for getting the word out um so i mean i think that's cool yeah. that you know give I mean, her a platform and she's like, got a yeah she's a platform uh there's been other story. people coming alongside that's now like in contact with victoria that's helping that have got a lot more ability on this than we do so i mean that's that's cool. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I think it's it's been a fun ride. I mean, like every week it was like, I don't know what's going to happen next, you know. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I hope it I hope it continues, though. And, I mean, honestly, like this has only helped us. I mean, as far as it's more people talking about it. Um, I'm not seeing the people sway towards suicide. Are you guys? No, I mean, there, there's, you know what I mean? Like, isn't this camps, what this but... website's supposed to do? I mean, do you think they really got it? I think still all ears for a good suicide explanation. Like, if there's a good one, I want to hear it. Right. I just haven't heard it. I just don't see it. So it's him? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's Brian. Brian Macron. And then, so those are the trust, those were the trustees. So Linda's the one in the red. 
And then Mike Costello is the one with the real big smile. Is and who's the one in the green? Is that the uh, like I the th- administrative? I think she wasn't there at the she time. Just, yeah, I remember there was the function. person that found the phone or whatever. Yeah. And that's, I think that's kind of the hard thing too, because you know people can watch like murder mysteries and stuff on TV and watch documentaries and hear. You know, it, it was funny. I um, I was setting up. I set up an LLC for this podcast because we're going to start selling the shirts, yeah. you know, and doing those things. Um, and, you know, you start talking to people and sometimes people get upset sometimes down the road and I don't want them to take my house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. But uh, I was sitting there and the, the lady at the bank was asking me like, oh, like, what is it? Because, you know, people just see chronic curiosity and they're like, well, you're just a big weed head or right. like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, like, no, like I told her, she's like, oh, that's really neat. And, you know, we were talking about different podcasts and things and she was like you know how much like does the normal podcast like are people listen to it i said i have no idea like i don't know i just started this and said there's people that you know i feel like people do a podcast that nobody listens to but they just do it almost like a you know an audio diary in a sense i said but then you have podcasts like joe rogan's which we talk about all the time because millions and millions and millions of people are listening to them and she was like, oh, yeah, my husband listens to that one. She's like, I'm more of like a murder mystery kind of person. And I was like, well, I was like, have you ever heard of the Invisible Ships podcast? She was like, yes. What? She's like, oh, she's like, it's so weird. She's like, it's a crazy story. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, actually, they're going to be on my show in a few weeks or whatever. And it was just neat that like people have, you know, heard about, you know, what you guys are doing. That's cool. Hopefully, you know, your banker's listening. You know, like hi. Yeah, maybe. Maybe her husband listens. It'd be more, maybe more his style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, I told her that. Hey, I was like, check it out. Like, they're going to be on. Um, but it's, it's weird how these interactions with you know you have with people completely change your life and where you're at. Like, sitting across three guys that just I started was, podcast just to. I was, was going to say know, I was thinking about that because so today's the thirteenth, right? A year yeah. ago today, I got sent home from work for the shutdown. Like, we'll probably come back in like two weeks. Oh, yeah. 15 and that's days when all to slow this, the spread. That's when all this <laughs> yeah. Right? Flatten the curve. Yeah. So, but anyways, now a year later, we're here talking about the podcast that we did all during that time. Yeah. And it's crazy. You know, just from Rick saying you want to do, he said you want to do a YouTube show. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> we should put him in contact with Dylan. He like, <laughs> well, yeah. You got a Bigfoot guy? Uh, well, he's not necessarily a Bigfoot guy. He, um, he's he been on the show. We talk, We were talking about aliens and different things and whatever. And he's like, he's a uh, Bigfoot's kind of like his guilty pleasure. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, like, I it's, know like, exactly. it's like, you know, it's like watching, you know, soap operas or something like that for yeah. some people. It's like, oh, like watching we Bigfoot documentaries. Stuff. But uh, we're never going to cover a cryptid again. No. <laughs> we got too many enemies already. You know. We don't need a bigfootfacts.com. <laughs> no. Those cryptids, that community, man, like they are they're hardcore. It's yeah. cool stuff like, though. It's it's interesting to think about. I have you ever heard um listen to what was it? I think it's lore? Yeah. I like it's, that show. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just a little half an hour show where he, yes. he and the reason I like because he talks about those things. He talks about Bigfoot and like the weird creatures in different places, but it's like he goes back and you know the dissects like all of the the lore around it and the actual information stories and to stuff me like that's that that's great. fascinating like i i remember i was just reading this book about these lighthouse keepers in scotland that like they got washed away or something and they disappeared but the weird part of the book and this is like a true story is they find these like little tiny dwellings and then they like well this actually relates back to some of the arcane 
folklore about leprechauns and maybe i'm like what there was like a pygmy race that maybe was there but like to me that stuff is almost as fascinating as the actual yeah was mythology it the, the homo homo florensis or whatever yeah. the, the hobbits they found right so i mean i don't know what am i Who trying knows? to say i would love to we got it like our tagline is from true crime to the truly weird like we got to do a little more of the truly weird you gotta get into the truly weird to yeah. kind of pull it to right. kind of pull that spectrum back a little bit yep. yeah well i know you said you know about the macron thing so you guys really only planned on doing a couple episodes and then just because of the outcry and everything like, and the connections you started yeah, to because people kept coming forward with new information so every time like we'd be like okay so this is gonna be our last macro and we would make the episode and then there would be somebody that would come out of the woodwork about whatever we talked about and it'll be like a girl that worked at the gas station she's like um the deputies are in here and they were racing video i'm like wait what <laughs> you know what i mean like let me talk to you yeah we even touch on that just it's full of just weird just just like every day though it was something like that so there was like for a while there then i started thinking like well there's gonna be no end in sight you know and then just when we were ready to wrap it up they closed the case and then we're like okay so now we could FOIA all the documents and then you know darren's pouring through the documents and he keeps coming across stuff and like okay we yeah we have to talk about that so it just it went forever it's gonna be like just a rolling thing where you maybe put you put one like an update oh, episode out like yes, once every couple will. months or something like that um one day we're going to cover the trial of whoever gets, you know, charged with killing Macron. I, I can't wait for that day. You think that's going to happen? Like, not 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 speculation anymore. You think that something's you think something's going to happen where they they find something? I am a betting to... man, but if I was, I would say that yes, I would probably put money down on it that in the next year or two, year there's two. going to be something Ooh. that's going to crack. Bold bold statement. It is bold. He's, I, like, he's I'm like, I'm board. not ready to make this. <laughs> no, I'm on board. I, I think so, too. I think I think eventually, for sure. I think there'll be a conviction at some point. It's being looked into currently, still? Mm, in not a way. I don't unofficially. But there's there's stuff that's happening. There's people that are meeting, that are having conversations, and I have hopes. There's, there's a lot, a of, lot of weird stuff moving on the periphery of the case, too, which is something that you should keep your eye on. Like, how are people reacting? What are they doing? What are they up to? Well, I think it, as long as people are t still talking about it, it still has life. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like, what is that thing called? There's a, a legal term for something when it's settled or not settled. And you could just tell by the community that this is not settled. Just like the JFK thing. Like, officially, it's closed, right? But, like, how many people can you talk to that believe that Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman? Not that many, really. It's not a subtle thing. And Brian Macron, you could put in that same category that... I think the majority of the people don't buy the official narrative then. The shadow of the doubt, at least, right? It's not beyond the shadow of the doubt. It's not subtle. Yeah. I think that's the important part. It's and I think a lot of that too is you can be you can believe a lot of what's being said, but this is one of the craziest ones that like you look at and you go, Man, there's just too much here to this is weird. But in the meantime, we're exploring another case of high weirdness that happened in Ohio, and that's yeah. the Circleville letters. Um can I take a pee break real quick? Yeah, I, I sure. drink a bunch of water and then we can, because I want to get into that too, because that sounds super interesting. Sometimes you got to do that. Um, yeah, so what do you guys got coming up next? It sounds, <laughs> I, it, at first, I'll be honest, at first I heard it and I was like, ah, but I saw you guys posting some things about your next project. You don't have to tell us too much, but at least give us the background of what the story is, I guess. Circleville Letters is like one of the craziest cases that ever happened i think it's like you, you know what a poison pen letter is where somebody is like sending these anonymous 
letters pre-internet pre-twitter so this is like when hate mail was actually like a shocking thing right. this is whole town <laughs> whole town in ohio called circleville that has its own unique history but somebody was sending thousands of letters to the residents and to important people in that town that knew exactly what they were up to like their secrets was threatening to expose them some of the letters contain arsenic um things spiral out of control most of the case centered around a superintendent named Gordon Massey and a bus driver that was reportedly good looking named Mary Gillespie. And it was the, reportedly having an affair. Yeah, they were having oh. an affair. And so this guy took great exception to that and started sending letters to them and to other people saying that you need to go and confess your sins, you know, your affair, and I'll stop. They didn't. So, like, things spiral to the point where he's putting up signs on the side of the road saying that, like, Gordon Massey is having sex with Mary Gillespie's 12-year-old daughter. He puts Really, up, really nasty. There's a booby trap on one of the signs with a gun rigged to fire so that, like, if Mary's going to go pull the sign down saying that her daughter's sleeping with the superintendent, like, it would have fired the gun. And they put a guy in prison for this, right? So he's in prison. And the letters keep coming. And they keep getting postmarked from Columbus, even though he's housed around the state. At one point, the warden puts him in phone and mail restriction where he can't send or receive anything. The letters are still coming. And he even gets a letter when he's in prison saying, we told you that we'd, we'd, you'd never get away with this. Or what does it say? We told you that you'd end up in prison. Yeah. When we set them up, they stay set up. So where we come in, and what's cool for us when is did this when, when did this occur? This went down in the 70s, and the letters didn't stop until the late 80s while that 90s. guy was in prison. Oh, yeah, they no, went to the 90s. 70s oh. to 93. Yeah. There, there was some weird shit that went down in the 70s, man. <laughs> <laughs> in, in Ohio, is a weird state. Yes, like, it was legal. <laughs> yeah. I was telling them before, like, Ohio is like yeah. the Florida of the North. Like, we got, uh, we got some weird yes. people <laughs> here. <laughs> Ohio, man. That's so, so weird. We don't do things like we have a philosophy of the show now. That, like we're not going to cover a case unless we can talk to the people that were involved, mm -hmm. and then if we don't think that we can be the best at it. So we have we went down to Circleville. We spent you know, a couple of days down there getting as much information as we could. We interviewed a couple of people that received letters that nobody knew about before. We're talking. We interviewed Martin Yant, who is the number one guy in the world about this he was actually on unsolved mysteries so yeah we, so that's the thing about this unsolved story. mysteries connection which is freaking yeah. cool. it was it was one of the original unsolved mysteries episodes that's how a lot of people know about it oh, okay. but the kind of the catch 22 is there's a ton of stuff on the internet about this case but it's almost only from unsolved mysteries so if the letter wasn't on the show it's not on the internet oh, okay. and what we did is we went down there and Went to the library and got all of the letters. So they're in. They, they had them. all the. Le they have a bunch of letters. Like well, they were entered in the court records. We got some okay. from Marie Mayhew. Yeah. We got all the newspaper archives. Like, because when we were looking, we weren't finding much on the internet other so, than yeah. the same like three things over and over and so over. So unfortunately, again. there's only like 39 letters that exist that were exhibits in a court case. Gotcha. I, I think most people like when you get a letter saying like I know that you're sleeping around, blah blah. blah like you throw it away. People weren't how, saving these. How things. many of those letters have you got? <laughs> <laughs> I get no. You know, know. Get the Molkai and Embe. But many of those. Of those. <laughs> <laughs> what we're excited about, and we're not going to talk about our hate mail yeah. anymore. But what we're excited about is like we're going to turn our website into probably the number one destination for Circleville letters. Like we're going to have more. That's our goal than anybody else, and. Uh, 
court records. We got the police reports from wrong accident. I, I neglected to tell you that the woman, the bus driver's husband, was so upset over this whole thing that he went off to confront who he thought the letter writer was and ended up dead in a truck single car accident. But he's found with a gun, and the gun had fired one shot, and they don't know who he shot at. So there, there's a lot of, a lot again, of weird, irregularities, huh? weird shit about this case. And, and so going right back to your um, having on your website, are you guys going to have like, because um, I know you have a couple episodes on before the Macron stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll talk about all of them. <laughs> but uh, I know, you, I think you said, you said that you've had, you have some of that stuff on your website with the Macron stuff, but you guys kind of going to keep a kind of like a catalog on your website of like the Macron case, the circle of letters, like as you go along. So yes. people like, because that's, that's a neat idea because, um, you know, we showed some of the stuff, you know, on video here, but I think it'd be really neat, you know, to kind of have a, at least in my mind, just take a free, free idea here, uh, like a disclaimer before you start, like, hey, this, this stuff's not like all of the actual articles we're talking about, they're on the website. So that way people can, you know, you know, a lot of people listen to podcasts they're, they're, when they're driving, like you talked about, and that's what I do too. Or like when I'm working on something, I'll throw my earbuds in and just listen to a podcast at like one and a half times the speed. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. You know, uh, but it'd be really neat to be able to like, hey, article this. What this is on the it's on the website, so people can see all the things and all of the information you're talking about. And that's exactly our plan, and that's kind of like our new philosophy. So like, let's only take cases that we can be the best at. If there's this case is a big one because it's kind of worldwide famous. But like my brother said, most of the stuff that we're finding, because we're, you know, when you research, you gleam off other people. Like it's all the same stuff. So we went down to Circleville and like we hounded people till we found other people that were willing to talk. We and got... then we were working with um, a woman that has her own podcast. Her name's Marie Mayhew and her podcast is Whatever Remains. Whatever podcast. Remains. And she's out in California, but she had a bunch of. Um, stuff on Circleville, and she shared it with us. It's like the spirit of podcasting. We just right. all share. Right. And that's how we want to be, because I want the next person that does Circleville to like come to our website and get a bunch of but stuff. But we still want to be the best, also. Yeah. <laughs> but we're working really hard. Yeah. We've learned a lot of kind of tricks of the trade and different things to do to make a... Like me and... I mean, especially Rick, just editing all the time. And, and that um, producer that I was talking about from the Macron case, mm. like he called me, and he's like, hey... I heard that you said on your podcast that, like, he listens to the show, which is kind of like a, it blew my head up a little bit. He's like, I heard that you were into the circle of the letters. He's like, I'm into the circle of the letters. He's like, let's help each other. So, like, he sent me people's yeah, addresses, and, like, we're working back and forth with each other. So, like, I actually, at one point, I can't say too much, like, one of the major networks, one of the three-letter initial, right? like, they let me use their Rolodex to get, like, everything they had about the case, and BDT. I was able to to go through that and like track down people. So like, it's pretty cool. Like the Macron case opened this door where, you know, for whatever reason, like got some favor with these executives over in New York and they're helping us on the Circleville letter one. So like, I think that's something to be excited about and kind of proud that's about. Super awesome. That's super exciting. Once again, I'm sitting over here going, why the fuck are we talking to these guys? Like I should, have, <laughs> why, how do we do this? No, I mean, that's, that's incredibly exciting. Um, so are you guys going to like release it as a as a series or are you going to are you going to put it out as you're working on it or is it just going to be you're going to get it all and kind of this is kind of the nuts and bolts of it? Well, guess, we already but... got a lot of the interviews in the can, if that's the industry term. And we <laughs> so just you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a dude in the basement. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds official. Yeah. No, our studio is way less. Yeah, you know, yours is way more professional. Yeah. 
Well, no. I have cameras on, so I have to make it look like <laughs> I have to tell my wife, like, get out of bed. I've had people come over. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it'll be like 11.30, we're still working. She's like, can I go to bed now? I'm like, no. It's for the podcast. <laughs> uh, but I think what we're going to do is we'll still be working on some of them because the other component of our show that we've kind of learned with the Macron case is that the web sleuth community and people like that like do some additional research and get back to us so we're going to give them the tools and the stuff that we uncovered and and see what they can find so if you know depending on how fertile that ground is that they're digging in there may be some follow-up episodes about the circle of right. letters well, that's not about it either because i know a lot of times you can set um just from pop producing the podcast whatever you can set it up where you know you have this is series two episodes such and such or you know have you thought about what's mm -hmm. next after this one because you could theoretically you could do a couple of those episodes start on your next project work on those ones and then as you get that backfill from people listening you could have multiple things going on at the same time and be able to go back and yeah. forth sounds We're like you got our already. planning meetings yeah yeah i've been foying like crazy lately but i haven't found a next case yet yeah like so Maybe you just need to go back to the truly weird. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that, too. Right? But we, we won't take anything. So, like, there there will be a lot I'll of cases. talk about aliens. A lot of cases <laughs> that look really Egypt? interesting that when we FOIA them and we get the results, they are clear yeah. suicides. Yeah. So we don't want to do that. I thought I had two clearly ones, and they, I don't know, it was suicide, you know. Like, there was a car fire in, uh, out, outside of Medina County there and found a body in it. You know, I thought that's got to be. And they it came back and they off said, on an oil road. Yeah, off, like way off the road. Couldn't see it from the street. And, you know, dead body inside, investigation. And then like a month later, they closed it. But I don't know, man. I think, I mean, there wasn't anybody saying foul play. I mean, family members, interviews and stuff. I mean, it's a it rough way back. to go, though. If you're going to crazy that you just literally. Yeah, that's I mean, that's actually um, on a personal note. Um, I had a buddy a couple years after he graduated from high school. He had moved out to Arizona and he had passed away because his dad lived out there. And they came out and said that he had committed suicide by taking his dad's car, handcuffing himself to the steering wheel, lighting it on fire. Damn, and it's oh my like, God, that's brutal. Like, yeah, like, man, I know that dude. Was he like selling drugs or something? That's like cartel stuff. He, yeah. yeah, he got, he was one to know, he was known to get in a little mischief. Um, and my biggest thing was like, I know he had a gun. He had to because that was just kind of like, it goes back to the, the macro thing. Like, exactly. If you're able to handle a gun, you're going to commit suicide. Like, come on. Like, it's yeah. just statistically when you look at the statistics, yeah. firearm suicides account for forty percent of all suicides in the country anyway. And then I think the people that aren't using firearms are the ones that don't have them. I saw something somewhere. And I don't know how true this is, but they're saying a lot of questionable looking suicides with gunshots where there's like more than one shot comes from people watching Hollywood movies and not really knowing how to kill themselves. Oh yeah. And it I takes more than one shot. I could see that too. Well, the same thing with, um, I've heard the same thing about people trying to slit their wrists. Yeah. Because they don't technically know how, you know, veins work and different things. You just do what you saw on the, yeah, you see, you watch this movie and you're like, Oh, that's how it works. Like, yeah. Um, so that I think explains some potential weirdness, but, Again, going back to the Brian Macron case, it's the flip side. He had access to guns and had guns. Why would you choose stabbing? Yeah, seems like a rough way to go. 
But there was like no leading up to Macron either. Like that's the other weird. That's you know what I mean? Like, like you guys like, are just thrown into the fire. It's not <laughs> like yeah. It's not like he was just like you know. Oh, he was really depressed. He just started a new job. It was Christmas. That's that's one of his largest. This is his largest month for sales. So I mean, if he was financially in trouble, you would think maybe January. Maybe I mean, if it was like a bust year and you're screwed. But... Well, there was no cry for help either. Like a lot of the su- uh, cases that we think are interesting that we want to cover turn out to be suicides, and there'll be like prior attempts and things like that you know what i mean yeah but we are Uh, always always looking out or mental you know like hospitalization for mental crisis and things like that we don't see that in this case it's it's a different case and i would love to get into like those the tic-tac ufos and uap i know it's been covered to death but that's just something like i I got one for you that seems real ancient history okay ancient civilizations love it like go back have you heard of like go back yeah and the the sphinx and how the sphinx has been changed and the uh, water erosion and all that stuff on it yeah graham hancock I think yeah, that, yeah I love that guy. i see this guy knows <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite subgenre of joe rogan yeah. shows is that graham, graham hancock, hancock randall carlson yeah oh yeah rest in peace that guy was great the big the big beard guy he pa- i didn't know he passed yeah when did he... probably like 2015 2014 so pre-covid no you can't blame covid for that you one. can't blame covid but you can blame the aliens but yeah, it was. He died twenty. When did Randall Carlson so. die? I don't. He's the he, old guy, right? Yeah, the big guy, the big guy with the beard. I'm pretty sure that's no, the one I think. The Egyptologist. I, no, no, you're you're thinking of, um, uh, he's the guy that did uh, Magical Egypt. Yes, and he was. I mean, he was old in the eighties. Yes, 80s. he. Yeah. he's dead. But he yes. did die recently. Yes, yes. I was, I was like Randall Carlson. Okay, oh, yeah, no. good. No, Randall Carlson is. Oh, you gotta figure out who who did Magical Egypt. The guy that's the Egypt show that I. I know it's in the, it's I, the top of my head. I do love all that stuff. Because um, there's Randall Carson, Graham Hancock, um, and then the other guy that he, the other guy that the Egyptologist worked with, what was his name? Just type in magical Egypt. But while she's doing that, and to tie it back into Circleville, like, yeah, so you, get, you get to Circleville, and it's called Circleville because That's back cool. in the day, the, settler, the settlers came there and they saw like all these mounds and stuff because that's where the mound building Indians were like really active down there. And there was one and they had like the current Native Americans that were there lead them through there. And they said, who built this? Like, we don't know. It was here when we got here. This one was interesting because it was a circular, probably fortified mound with a moat. With a moat and then with like a big kind of like blockade square. And the Indians that lived there when the settlers came, like they're like, we don't even mess with it there. So, But the settlers like, oh, let's build a town right on top right. of it. So they built a town, and it was cool. Like, originally, the town followed the circle, and almost like a pie had, like, the intersecting roads. And then they leveled that down and made it just kind of more like a normal town. The town like, that's been haunted ever right since. On the, it's right on an Indian graveyard. I mean, because yeah. there were graves in the mounds. And then right outside is a Chillicothe. Right. Have you ever been there mounds. to the Mound City? It's I have, really cool. I, we actually were talked about going down and see the um, Great Serpent Mound. Yeah, the Serpent Mound. Okay. Yeah, summer. it's not much So that whole that. part of the state is inundated with mounds and like when we were down researching circleville we found out that uh mound city was only like 20 minutes not even 20 minutes no it was like 15 yeah yeah so we went down there and it's really amazing i mean like there's just these tons of these different mounds that nobody can really explain blows my mind how long they've been there how they got there it's just something creepy to me like you know you get there from england or whatever or they you know came from New new england and then you meet the people that are living there and to them that's ancient to them yeah. And like these mounds, they weren't like you well, didn't throw them up overnight. It was decades long. Oh, yeah, there's so many things back in the history that like, goes back to the um, 
the beast in the the rainforest. They they found similar structures like that too. Yeah, they like they're starting to take lidar and stuff over like you know rainforest and the you know the Amazon because there's structures there that they, we don't we've never realized. They that say the better. Amazon was essentially a cultivated garden. And like they were growing these trees that like yeah. you know like we come like all these trees are medicinal that's amazing it's like well it's because they planted them like yeah, there's a the lot. rainforest was a living garden they they would use to, for their pharmacy like it was cultivated oh, I think that should be your guys' story yeah. <laughs> there you go that would be cool. that's or like truly the, weird. the Plymouth Colony <laughs> the Plymouth Colony like they came like Providence has given us empty villages full of crops like it's amazing it's like well it's because your germs killed them all but that's like why the crops were there like. I don't think we've ever seen like untouched wilderness. Everywhere you go, there's been someone before you. And well, yeah, it's too late now. You know, they find like a Chinese anchor off of like San Francisco, like ancient, and they find Viking evidence in like Minnesota. What were those stones? They found those rune stones. Well, those like... were discredited, but no, I, I don't think they were. But yeah, I love stuff like that. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of history that we don't understand, and when people, the experts. Are trying to make sense of things they don't understand it they just yeah they just push it aside and they're like right. well we can't talk yeah. about that like i know the one we brought up chris Dewan. he was on here we were talking about the uh jewelry for lack of a better term that was found in that cave over in like russia or something like that and it was dated back like thirty six thousand years and it was like a gem that had like a hole drilled through it and it was like some it was like a bracelet or like a ring or something yeah. like that and it was like the most it was like the, the oldest like piece of jewelry ever found well, how did they get a perfect circle through this gemstone 36,000 years ago when the even the pyramids were only supposed to be built, what, 8,000 years or something? And like how that? do they have the technology right. they could cut What the kind stone of stone in. were they using? Yeah, like... Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah. when you think about it, like here in Ohio, like we may be living on one of the meccas of Native American high culture with the Hopewell Indian Mounds. I mean, like the mound city that we were talking about. They discover shark's teeth from the Gulf of Mexico, flint, or not flint, excuse me, copper from like northern Michigan. There's grizzly bear claws that are dug up from there that come from west. So like, you know, trading post. it was something that caused people from all over the country that whatever, you know, to come there. Well, you figure out the lakes and the rivers that go through there. That's right. You know, Pittsburgh has all those lakes that come, or the lakes, the rivers that go yeah. through there. And yeah. there's people like it's the United States the area that, that is now the United States, the, you know, the Native Americans weren't the first people here. And there's been some kind of cataclysmic thing that happened that they were just the people that survived that. Oh. I love that idea. Cause it like, cause why does history like, seems like it just started like at that point. Right. Cause maybe like there was a great cataclysm that wiped out and in, cause the Graham Hancock, I love that guy. Yeah. He talks about stuff like that. Like maybe Atlantis was just, displaced advanced society trying yeah, to team up maybe with some it was nomads. never under it was never underwater until it was yeah you know, until some that we came out of the ice age and the water rose and now it just happens to be underwater. yeah and the story <laughs> like, of, yeah and we can't go back it became oh overnight it got flooded yeah yeah and you lose i don't know how many gallons of water it would take to raise the sea level you know a hundred or three hundred thousand feet whatever it is but. ask greta thornburg Right. Tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but you keep telling the same stories over and over again and they pass down generations and just get changed a little bit like yeah. we definitely tell at least pre mini ice age stories you know like the bible stories yeah i think that's interesting too is you know i've heard a lot of people um 
you know, it's funny. I, I grew up extremely like religious. Um, well, there's a time period in my life. And then you, you know, growing up in that atmosphere, I don't know what you guys' religious, you know, thoughts are. We definitely have a Christian background. But, you know, if you grow up in that Christian background, you, you know, you're taught as a kid that this, these are the infallible, you know, perfect words. Well, then, and when people say, well, you know, that's, oh, that's a lot of words written by a lot of people from a long, long time ago. And you, your first instinct is to go, well, no, like that's, that's what it is. What's well, like, well. Maybe that is the story they were telling, but you have to consider, you know, through your experience doing what you're doing, you know, having discussions with people, you can have attempt to have the same discussion tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to change a little bit. I, you know, this is something that um, I talk about with my wife a lot about because she'll be looking at the Ryan Macron page and who said what and question me, ask all these questions and stuff like that. And contemporaneous accounts think are usually pretty valid now you have to determine motive so like the angry resident like who's telling us the story about the angry resident who do we have on record <laughs> yeah. that's mentioned it so like we can look at motive but for the most part you know like the whole idea of the telephone game that we play with kids like there's certain handicaps that are built into that game that are designed to create a higher level of misinformation mm -hmm. where I generally believe, I guess, contemporaneous accounts from people, unless I have something to tell me that this person has an ulterior motive or that I shouldn't listen to it. So that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I, I guess my point in saying that was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that not to, when you hear a story third party or secondhand or whatever the right terminology is, is to automatically disbelieve it. But it's to understand that, okay, they had an experience and now they are telling you about that experience. And typically, even if it's not important or not necessarily important, but not, you know, story changing, their experience isn't conveyed exactly how they had it. Exactly. And then when you hear it, yeah, when you hear it, like you are taking their story and applying it on your filter it's like you said a quantum thing if you observing it changes it the person hearing it they color it with their own experience and, everything yeah, and it's heard. not it's, there's no malice or ill intent on either no, side i, I mean i think that I mean? the three but of us it happens to understand that it happens the three right. of us are going to go home to our three separate households and all three of our wives are going to ask about how this went and so we're going to do a different job of explaining how we felt the interview went or how our impressions of this studio or what you guys are and I don't think any one of them would be untrue. It's just like, you'll hear right. yeah. my brother mentioned this picture with the Indian holding the ayahuasca or whatever behind him. And he's going to tell his wife that, but I may not mention that. And then would that make my statement or his statement untrue? No, it just would make it different. different. And then, and then if you put the three of them in a room together without you guys there mm -hmm. and discussing those conversations, like, we will not be doing that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be an interesting experiment. But, you know, that's that's what. But would like. they keep the gist of the story? Did it was the main point of the story that they would gather and they would be able to retell that three guys went down to Chronic Curiosity podcast and did an interview and had a good time. If if that's all that they can remember, then that would be. It would probably be the ultimate truth that you could glean. Yeah, from that scenario. and I guess that's the point. And is that like becomes how, a fable. 
has an ultimate truth, but you don't actually have to believe all the details. Yeah. And I think another point of that too is, you know, when someone hears that story that those three guys went to this podcast and had a good time and it's as long as that's all they got, that's great. You know what I mean? Because they, they got the gist of it. But when people try to fill in these details, you have to, it, the communication is a weird thing because we're not, you know, now, especially nowadays where it's, we can see the disparity between taking a video with audio and being able to replay it all mm-hmm. and versus somebody retelling it. We know a lot about witness statements nowadays. <laughs> I bet. So this is a conversation that I actually had with my wife like this very day. So I, to me, this is very interesting. Is that, <laughs> you know, she's like, well, how can we believe what these trustees are saying or what this person said or what this person said? And I'm like, you can get into the point where you can demand only absolute audio recording, documented truth, but it's a danger there because then you'll never be able to believe anything. I mean, there's quite a bit of history that you take for granted. Like the fact that Julius Caesar existed, like you just believe it because his image is on coins. I mean, like any books like Caesar and Gaul, which is attributed to Julius Caesar. And we believe he wrote it. The first evidence of it being published was almost like six or 700 years after his death. But almost any historian will tell you that Julius Caesar could be attributed to writing that. It's just like, there's a, a certain danger at a certain point when you demand the most highest levels and I, I'm not talking in a, in a biblical sense or anything other than like Macron is a perfect case we can put this onto. It's that there's a certain point where you have to be able to accept contemporaneous accounts that were not recorded if the witness is credible. I and mean, that's what, the that's what the courts operate on. <laughs> like, we're not trying to operate in the court, we're just telling a story. Right. Well, I think I, it kind of goes to um, I have the discussion with my uh, nine year old quite often. Where she says, well, I know that this, that, whatever. I said, well, and to, to going what you're saying, it's, I don't need to know all these things are true, you know, to believe those the, believe and know are very, very different words. And so it's, you know, if you know something, you, to me, you had to almost experience it yourself. You had to be there. You had to see it. You had to hear it. And even then, you know, through, you know, a lot of times through witness accounts, your memory can be distorted from what you actually remember. But to say, I know this, I, I joke with Tony all the time, like the whole flat earth thing. I don't know that the earth is round or globe. I don't cause I've never seen it. Like I've never been to space. Yeah. I believe, that, <laughs> you get, but it's, it depends on how you define. No. So you have to actually see something to know it. How I, well, do you know you love your daughter? Well, that's, well, I'm saying uh, uh, as a substantial, like that's because I'm experiencing what I'm talking about. And then experience. you can take it to the point where it's annoying. It's like, well, you went to space and the earth looked around, but are you an ocular scientist? Do you not know? Can you prove that like seeing something from a distance won't cause the curve of your eye to impose a curve on what you're well, seeing? Like, and you could be so <laughs> annoying to that point where like all facts no. become unknowable. <laughs> well, you know, no, I totally get what you're saying, but I just mean just, yeah, I'll, that's the, the number one definition. You can know through observation, inquiry, or information. Right. But so I go the information route. Yeah. And, and I totally get that. I guess my, my point. Yeah. <laughs> I choose information. I like yeah. facts. I do too. Yeah. But yeah. My, my point to all that is. But direct like, experience can be misleading as well. Absolutely. But in my experience, I know people can tend to be more misleading than my own experiences. Just Take, just taking it for what it's worth or their account or reading a book, 
you know, uh, you kind of talked about, you know, the media, you know, different, the narratives. Well, I can go on any news site or social media page or, or read someone's book. I mean, they, they put, they have this published book and I have bought and published books that I disagree with that I don't think the same thing, they did, but mm -hmm. it's just because somebody's saying something and it's information and say, this is why these are the facts. You know, I think it's important to look at it and go, okay, can I prove myself wrong? Can I prove this idea wrong? Even if I can believe it, even if I believe it's true, can I prove it wrong? You know, or can I prove it right? So like, it's that whole science, you know, theology battle there where it's like, well, to your point, you could go down a road where you just become annoying. Like, <laughs> or yeah, or you just could reject anything that you didn't witness firsthand, yeah. which would definitely hamper you as a human because you have a very limited view right. of the earth and a very limited timeline that you've existed Absolutely. on the earth. Yeah. I, I just use that as an example of, I don't know, I've never orbited the earth before. So I, you know, all I see is from my two feet standing on this ground. I've flown in a plane a couple of times. I've been yeah. in a helicopter up real high, but not technically high enough to see their curvature of the earth, you know, by the whatever. Right. How I do you know you're not the only sentient person in the world? And we're all just here to amuse you. Yeah. But you you, know told, you that, told him to say that. that I did not. I did not. Son of a bitch, Tony. <laughs> I did not. Yeah, I'll like, I'll like, everyone's always send him Tony text or whatever. And then like, it'll be a little while. He's like, sorry, had to, had to jump out. I'm back in my avatar now. Like, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. But I guess I, I say all that to say. That raises I like, the point of conspiracy. I together. like to stay chronically curious. There you go. <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, the kitchen of line. Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. Oh, man. oh, that's the flat earth thing. Like, you know, I've heard people talk to me about that before. And I'm just thinking like, so everyone that is involved in satellite technology, every airplane pilot, like anyone that charts any kind of course in the world would have to be in on this conspiracy. And that to me is like the main evidence that you have that it can't stand it. And the same thing with the Brian Macron case. So like we'll get into it where certain people that we like and we talk to, believe that like almost everyone that isn't them in this podcast yeah. are part of the conspiracy I'm like no that is insane like the more people you add to conspiracy the less likely right. it Absolutely. is to yeah. be true or at least be able to survive any type of scrutiny right it's like the government like do you think the government could cover up all these things like well no, i think the government's way too stupid to do that i don't think the government can build a highway <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i but at the same time is it possible for a small group inside the government to be able to do those things uh, maybe I don't know. Say three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead. So, like, <laughs> I think the Whitewater scandal is one of the best cases to look at conspiracy, where there's like three people that knew, and two of them were lawyers, and one was the president, and they could have kept it in that office, and they folded under pressure. Yeah, they couldn't. I mean, like, three people was almost too so much yeah. to keep a conspiracy. It's hard to believe that there's a like 15 person conspiracy in Lafayette Township. Though what I do sometimes play around with is the fact that there's a lot of moving parts and on the periphery of the case, there may be something shady here. Please don't look over here and over here. You shouldn't be looking at. And so you see yeah. all these things start moving in the background that may look connected, but they may be covering other things and they are, are overlapping and sometimes coming in and obstructing the view and then sometimes going out. Yeah, and sometimes that doesn't always have to be intentional either. Right. You know, sometimes it just happens i'm just a big sorry i'm just a big fan of cutting 
like through kind of all the BS to like, or like with Circleville, like Mary Gillespie's husband gets a call and he thinks it's the writer and he leaves his house and he ends up dead. And they say blood alcohol, one and a half times the limit. He had a gun with him, a bolt was fired, but it's just an accident and probably unrelated to the Circleville writer. It's like, could be, but how many coincidences are going to happen? You know, like, or how many... How many weird credit card or weird websites does Brian Macron have to visit before it's like, okay, that might be connected? Like, why, you know, it's usually the simplest answer is what's the weird thing that you're involved in or who's the person you're fighting with? Yeah, well, they said the, the simplest answer is usually the best one or the... The wall of parsimony. Yeah, that and... Yeah, Occam's um, razor. And that and, was it, real life is often weirder than fiction? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so true. Yeah, it's kind of dichotomy, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, how far are you willing to go with Occam's Racer? Because I think that would almost rule out extraterrestrial life and definitely rule out, like, multiple worlds theory. Well, no, there's the... What, what is the... Well, explain. Explain. I've heard that. And as curious as I am, I've never actually... There's the... Uh, fam- the Drake, Occam's it's, Razor. It's called the Drake Equation, real quick. The Drake Equation says... We with, got all day. With as <laughs> fast as the universe is and with all the planets and all the chances for life, it's more unlikely for us to be alone than for there to be other people. So that goes along with Occam's razor, which is the simplest explanation tends to be true. So it's more believable on a grand scale that we're not alone in the universe. But obviously, so far, and there's a whole, that's a, that would be a good episode because there's a whole bunch of different things where they think that either there's an advanced civilization that keeps like stopping us from reaching the next level because they're not ready to, like for us to be revealed. So my brother and I generally disagree on things. everything. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Well, that's good. Yeah, makes it fun. <laughs> it's, it's so fun. We have teams. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there um, it is, right there, the Drake equation. Okay, so it's just basically, it's fa- It's putting a, a math equation to yeah, all which, of the theoretical possibilities of. And he's the guy that chose the inputs, so it's based on his choices. But it makes sense. Number of civilizations, rate of formation of stars, fraction with planetary systems, planets suitable for life. And again, that's based off of suitable as in related, like Earth-like. And even with all that. And I think think there's another problem with that, though, that we consider, you know, I I haven't, I know this is not original. Um, I don't know where I got it from once again, but, you know, we look at, the Goldilocks zone mm-hmm. as for when we're looking for life on other planets, we go, well, it has to have, you know, a carbon based system and it has to have this atmosphere and oxygen. Well, it doesn't just because we exist this way. Yeah. Right. You know, we don't, and there's, there's even evidence that it doesn't have to be that way no. because there's things that live down in the very, very depths of the ocean that never see sunlight, that never see uh, oxygen. Thermal vents, those worms. Yeah. Yep. So That's, then do you believe any of the people that have claimed to have witnessed extraterrestrial life? Because they always describe them as somehow humanoid or the, the most off from humanoid, they would describe them as like reptilian. Uh, you're using a lot of like always and only I fall somewhere in the middle yeah. you know <laughs> maybe that's where you fit it right you, you're like you, come you on God. Right. <laughs> I don't know you got the reptilians I mean like they're always described I mean there's that a, I can think of a humanoid reptilian we don't need to get QAnon on this <laughs> <laughs> I passed a QAnon house on the way here uh, wait, what do you mean you, you, a QAnon house yeah the What's... big WWG1A oh, or whatever yeah, where we go one we go all yeah I, I don't know I, I stopped myself from reading the whole sign uh, I don't want to go crazy. Um, well, I think there's a problem with the. Uh, 
Well, there's a problem with a lot of things. Um, I just lost what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like the whole like theory of other beings and all that. Oh, man, I wish there was something. Oh, that's what it was. So, you know, people describe, you know, their extraterrestrial interactions to be very similar. And we think about these beings as, you know, being humanoid. You know, I think, and we're going way off the rails here. Um, I told you, go whatever. We do whatever. Um, you know, maybe if we had the capabilities of sending things to other planets, you know, what would we do? Well, we'd send satellites first to check it out. And then we'd send rovers, mm-hmm. right? So we'd send bots. So maybe these things aren't humanoids. Maybe they're just, if, if this species are intelligent enough, they go, okay, well, well, let's create a, basically a drone or just the this, grays are drones. That's yeah, the theory. This, yeah. Like this fake thing that's, it's a drone and we send these little humanoid things. So when people do see it or something like that, they, they can kind of, it's, if you're, was it, who was that guy? Is it Travis? Oh. Travis Bickle, I think. No, from, the, the guy that from was, the band. No, no, no. Oh, okay, I'm, no. I'm talking about the guy that well, one of the most famous abduction stories. Rogan had him on a little while oh. ago. Oh, um, oh no. Was it was it Travis? It was Travis something. Yeah, it was Travis. He was the one of the. He was a logger out west somewhere, and him and the guy they got done work, and they jumped in the truck, and as they were leaving, they saw this UFO. He jumped out, and Walton. supposedly Walton. Travis Walton. Yeah. Oh, I don't know that. Oh yeah, check it out. I don't know. It's a. Rogan just had him on. Really okay. interesting. It's one of the most, and there's a movie that was made about him back in like the 80s. Or yeah, oh, Fire in the Sky? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I do know Fire that one. Yeah. So he actually, Rogan just talked to that guy. Sweet. I didn't, wh- who knew he was alive? Yeah, so yeah, he has a great mustache too. Wow. It's a phenomenal mustache. <laughs> it's even better than Tony's. <laughs> really? I don't know. Oh, no. He has like a, a Tom Selleck kind of mustache. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are coming back. Mustaches are coming. I, I can't grow a mustache. Um, yeah, it's all right. But uh, you know, he talked he about so good. yeah, so much better. Than oh, that's a tiny. That's not a very good picture of him. It's the first one. That came I'll keep. I'll keep my beard. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Say, I don't. I'll be registered on some sex offender his... websites. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say his face is great. I said he had a really nice mustache. <laughs> yeah, that's a womb broom if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he was talking about at one point, like when he was interacting with these beings, that they were like the stereotypical gray, like, you know, big, you know, smooth bodied, big heads, you know, little tiny bodies, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then like he started freaking out and they all like left. And the next thing you know, some like very human like person looking came in. Have you heard about that former Israeli government guy that said... (laughs) He said, yeah, they're, they, they look like us. They're here. They're just waiting for us to get our shit together. <laughs> and that we work with them, that we're currently working with them on Mars. I didn't, I didn't hear him That's say that. That's what he said. Yeah. And that they look just like us. Oh, I mean, I, I, I've thrown out the idea that Elon Musk has been an alien for a long time. He, he did, looks he did, like an alien. He, he kind of he looks like a good alien though. He's not nearly as bad as like Zuckerberg. Or... Yes, yes. <laughs> I agree with that. No, no. So no, Zuckerberg. That's a drone. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's what about Bill Gates. Bill Gates is an yeah. evil alien. I think oh. Elon Musk is on our side. Yeah, I think our well, side. I told. I think we had the conversation. The side of the people, humanity. Yeah, he's and he's a great troll. <laughs> 
We had this conversation. Yeah. Bill Gates wants to block out the sun, so we can't let him do that. Bill Gates is weird. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> on for the crazy. And then, like when we were going down to Florida, like we always go to the Florida Keys, and like I picked up the paper down there. And I'm like showing my wife, like, oh look, Bill Gates wants to release millions of genetically modified mosquitoes. I'm like, what doesn't make him sound like a supervillain at this point? Yeah, and well, like, what doesn't make Elon Musk sound like a supervillain? <laughs> he doesn't want to release genetically modified mosquitoes. You know what they're going to do? Or block out the sun. Though? Block out the sun, that's insane and you have to show me that. The mosquito thing is to make them, they would like mate and then kill out the lion. And what could go wrong? Right. right. No, I'm not what, for what that. Could what could go wrong? <laughs> I just can't get on your Facebook page conspiracies. Yeah, well, uh, and at the same time. Like, now you and the beacon turtle. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole like, um, Bill Gates, like, since when does just a, I, I'm not saying he's not smart. I'm not saying he's, you know, what, not whatever, but. Since when is a software like developer and creator like become this world renowned like leader in person that we should all listen to? Especially a software that's riddled with viruses. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, mean, they can't even block down your software. Like, there's just another (laughs) Windows backdoor that I just heard about on the radio yesterday. Yeah, no one's talking about that. No one's talking about that Microsoft Microsoft for years. Yeah, but he, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You would think if you're so freaking brilliant, like, I would have, like, Hey guys. There's a lot of not freaking brilliant people we listen to all the time. Right. <laughs> no, look, at, look at all our politicians. What kind of are we picking here? <laughs> yeah. That's the whole point. Like, yeah. why are we listening to these people all the time? Like, just because of the <clears throat> experts? That's the other thing that we're talking about. <laughs> fallacies and thinking as appeal to authority as another fallacy. And like, we run into that when we were talking before about like, back the blue or don't back the blue. Like, no. Use your judgment. Look at where things are going and what, how they're acting, so you don't make like this binary decision that anyone with a badge automatically will back, yeah, or like anyone without said, a badge, I, I automatically think that they're lying. Like you have to make your own decisions. I bet yeah, people are doing sense. their jobs with the tax dollars we give them. Like it yeah. shouldn't have to be like an emotional thing. Like right. you do your job, I'll do my job. Right. Yeah. Well, I think people want to live in this black and white. But I mean, like in the appeal to authority goes further. Like when we were talking about, like, would you know that the Earth wasn't flat even if your eyes were maybe playing tricks on you so it appeared to be curved from space capsule like that's the appeal to theory where like a lot you, of people need to like you talk yourself out of being able to believe direct class. experience just get out of your system just do plato do all the stupid navel gazing stuff <laughs> what'd you do i don't know what do you mean what'd you, what'd you do? do probably wrap it up right I know. yeah we can if you guys got to get going we can uh i just memorized Yeah, we can we can uh, we can wrap things up. You guys can fun though. Yeah, it's all it's fun. Yeah, like I said, I got all day. I mean, I got all day and about six bottles of liquor. We can do it. (laughs) I got about ten more on the vehicle too. So yeah, we can can do it. Um, Oh yeah, we can we can wrap it up. You guys want to get going? Um, So, Invisible Ships Podcast dot com. It's just Invisible Ships Podcast dot com, right? Yeah, you guys check it out on there. You're on all of the things. Yeah, pretty Um, much anywhere you can get a podcast. Yeah, and. uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Dude, this has been fun. Yeah. You know, it's cool to be here on Chronic Curiosity. Like, I listen to you guys on my drive to and from work. So it's just cool seeing you guys and interacting. And I always wanted to be in the studio. Now I'm here. Yeah, it's cool. It's <laughs> it is. No, I say always. Sweet. That makes it sound like. <laughs> always since I found time... you on Instagram. <laughs> long time fan, first time caller. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, I appreciate. Thanks it. for putting up with our craziness. Oh, you know, appreciate right. you guys coming on. It means yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, next time, let us know what you're uh, you got going on, and uh, we'll stay in touch. And 
do this again. All awesome. right. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Yes, Beautiful. thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the beer. Yes, yeah. and the drink.